it's already written off. What's right off? I don't know. But they're right off. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're preparing for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm, it's coming to theaters this week. one onion ring every day up to the release, which you means gotta, we, need to, we need to double down on a couple days. We have to get a couple more of those, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have to... You ever do that with them where you try to put them on all your hands? Like, you try to put the, the fun hands on all your hands? <laughs> I'm like, I, we've already diverged so far off, but usually, like, I'm so much more precious with onion rings because you get so many fewer compared to, like, a french fry. I feel like I really have to, like, you know, pattern out my, my bites of burger with, like, the bite of onion rings. So uh-huh. it just, it increases the anxiety of the meal, uh-huh. but it also increases the flavor of the meal so what are you gonna do well, i'm gonna go with funyuns we'll just we'll just ease ease our way into funyuns yeah, after you 10 go. you're done you're like I, yeah. I can't go 11 uh the midnight sun story returns after 30 years yeah we'll and chris i'm sure will tell us what that is because <laughs> i'm out of the loop here <laughs> yeah exactly and we know why you're all here this week <laughs> we all know why you're all here this week spider-man's no way home trailer breaks the internet i'm putting uh, internet uh, quotes around breaks the internet <laughs> with my internet fingers because yeah, I, I, you hate, I hate that phrase. That, I hate that term, but you know, <laughs> if you're going for SEO and these show notes get uploaded to the website, you know, sometimes we just yeah. gotta put that in there. Exactly. Well, I, I think also uh, it's got some records. It's got a lot. I mean, um, I, again, normally in the forums I, I dive into, uh, there was nothing but Spider-Man discussions all week. So um, mm. I, I'm I looking. I'm looking forward to talking about the Spider-Man trailer because, you know, I was going through, I was scrubbing through the trailer today. I was, as I was making the thumbnail for the podcast this week. And I thought I saw something this time around that I didn't notice the first time. And I'll be curious to talk about it. A a mysterious kind of silhouetted figure that I don't think I've really seen anybody talk about on like, kind of like the mainstream conversations Mm -hmm. of the, of the, of the trailer. So I'm looking forward to talking about this. I got ideas for you. So, uh, yeah, I know. So, I mean, this week's been pretty, um, I don't know, pretty quiet for me, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was in, actually in Chicago for, like, three days, uh, so I, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do anything. Um, but it was fun to be in Chicago, Mike, I'll tell you. Um, I got to take an architectural boat tour, uh, literally, oh. when the Spider-Man trailer dropped. So that was uh, my, 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 my the CEO of my company is there with me, right? And he's like, why is your phone blowing up? I'm like... <laughs> There's a Spider-Man trailer, sir. you do not understand how nerdy I am. (laughs) Whether I'm at sea or land or sky, I will get the updates for the Spider-Man trailer. Exactly. Yeah, I was texting Mike while I was in the air with with their in-flight texting. So the conference I was at, that was actually McCormick Place, which is where C2E2 is held every year. So my knowledge of that part of Chicago came in really handy a couple times. Wait, so the conference you were at was literally in the same like floor space as C2E2? It was, yes. So C2E2 is in McCormick Place, which is actually two buildings on each side of an interstate, mm-hmm. uh, and they're connected by walkway. Um, so this was in where it usually is every, once every, every other year, and then the other space is the other year. So, yes. Was it kind of eerie walking around the space that's, like, normally for you adorned with, like, the oh. nerdiest nerd stuff, and then you're just kind of seeing these people just, like, handing out, like, free oh, brochures yeah. and flash drives and stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, everyone there is a business person. You're going to make business deal so not a single cosplayer inside Mike. it's like uh, business cosplay it's like yeah. cosplay for all of the superhero yeah. movies except before they put the costume on 
Exactly. It was very disappointing. Now. <laughs> but I mean, I, I knew the place around and that kind of that kind of paid off. And it's weird to see it uh, again, like you said, so empty compared to, you know, yeah. a convention. And uh, I've always it, wondered what it would be like to go into the San Diego Convention Center off season of San Diego Comic-Con because it would just feel so bizarre. I think one time I drove in front of the convention center. It was like the one time I was ever down in San Diego that wasn't associated to the convention. It was just like, this just feels weird. There's supposed to be a mob of people. This does not seem right. I'm leaving and going back home. Yeah, exactly. It it was very... I wouldn't say dis- like concerning. I'm like, am I in the right place? Like, is this the same building? How can I go up the escalator and not have to, you know, touch feel, somebody else? So it feels like I'm in a dream. Yeah, because when you go up those escalators at Comic Cons, you always have to leave a couple extra steps in between somebody that has like a giant foam sword because you don't mm-hmm. want to get your eye poked out. Or or the person carrying the suitcase full of comic books, like you know, across the floor kind of thing. Yes, exactly. So yes, 100 percent with that. And then during this event, um, also is games. Gamescom, I think, was this week. Um, and I, we don't have it in the show notes here, but the Halo uh, Infinite multiplayer trailer came out, Mike, and they released the um, PC specs for it. So if there are any computer gamers, you'd probably be happy to see those uh, those details. Get ready for, for, for Halo this year, even if you don't have an Xbox. Uh, but uh, with that, again, I did fly everywhere, and I was traveling, so I didn't get to watch anything or really even relax. Um I'll tell you right now, when we talk about What If Later, I caught it on Friday afternoon, finally, like evening. So I'm well behind on, on details here. But you look like, correct me if I'm wrong, is this an Arnold Schwarzenegger film? <laughs> oh, Chris, I'm so glad at least you're <laughs> tangentially familiar with this film that I grew up with. I've been diving back into these movies that I have watched on repeat so many times as a kid, but I was just at that certain age where I just didn't really retain all of the information of the movie and all, especially like the nuance of the story. Cause you know, I was so far from, uh, um, uh, empathizing with any sort of adult problem. So I've been kind of going back and watching these films and the one I watched this week was Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1996 hit eraser. Yeah. And I am surprised I never, ever, ever hear about this movie in pop culture at all. Now, I'm not saying you out there, listener, has never heard of this movie or have seen it, but, like, nobody ever talks about it. And it's really surprising because um, I think it's a, a great movie, and it actually outperformed Batman and Robin and Last Action Hero at the box office. So it's just surprising that... I was expecting to see it lower on the list because no one ever talks about it. It's just this really, really just perfect kind of 90s action movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays this witness protection uh, U.S. Marshal that, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, works alone. And he says that quite a few times in the movie. And along with that, he has some of the best one liners in his entire career, all jammed into this one single movie. At one point in the film, he shoots an alligator that escapes in the face and then says your luggage i mean like that is the type of movie that you're going into here and it's just great it's so much fun the MacGuffin of the film is like this futuristic like handheld railgun which back in the day in the 90s was science fiction and like now i think it's kind of like you know passe to like use like electromagnetics to like propulse like projectile stuff so like back then it was just like so much fun and then at one point in the movie he get, he gets to dual wield them and he He's like his sleeves have ripped off. I don't even remember how his sleeves get ripped off to begin with, but it's just like pure Arnold. And it, the screenplay is just really good too. It has like this great opening that tells you everything you need to know about his character. 
and you even do like a callback to people that he meets earlier in the movie and it's just great it has um i think it's vanessa williams that co-stars in the movie and she like does a song for the movie so this was back in the day where like you would get an actor in the film that was uh associated with music so they could make a new track for your song that plays in the credits it's just great i love eraser it's streaming on hbo max you absolutely need to go watch it it's such a fun time there's just like I, I think all the gadgets and the little things like that are what I remember as a kid. Like, there's this weird kind of, like, cluster grenade that shoots out drill bits, which I don't understand why it shoots out drill bits, but, and then this rail gun, and then there's these, like, mini discs, right? Like, everybody remembers how the GameCube games were on, like, mini discs. Well, like, before the GameCube, like, made those, like, an actual thing, like, those used to be the futuristic CDs, and, like, those play a part in this. It's just so much fun. I can't talk uh, enough about how just silly and just great eraser is but yeah if you're an arnold fan if you have not seen this one yet you have to it's just great i love it uh I, chris have you ever seen it because oh, you yeah, seem yeah. to be somewhat familiar with oh it. yeah I'm, I'm familiar with the film i remember watching it in, in the 90s it's uh, it kind of gave me was it um uh double was it double jeopardy kind of vibes like double jeopardy is like a better film of this like kind of thing yeah because like, there's a there yeah there is kind of like a crime legal element yeah to this movie and and like you're trying to hide you know hide yourselves from from I remember he. The name comes from he's erasing the identities, right? Like yes, because that- he he's the he's the facilitator that puts these people into witness yeah. protection, and it's usually because they're trying to wait until a court date to when they testify. So you know it would be within the bad guy's best interest to kill these people. I, I um I, again I, not to spoil anything, I, and you can just say yes or no. Is, there's a scene with a limousine at some point. Yes, there okay, is. Okay, okay, perfect. That, I, I I remember like I had like. They had to catch a train. That's another <laughs> great one-liner. That <laughs> so, oh uh, God. yeah, so uh, I, I, I do remember this because this, and then what was it, 13th Day? Was that another, uh, or 13th Hour maybe? Was that another Schwarzenegger film where he had, like, it's got the cover with the blue eyes on it, like something? I don't remember. Oh, that's, that's, not, that's not what I'm familiar with, so maybe that's one I need to go back yeah. and watch. Uh, and then I, I, did, I did pull up here just, just real quick just to make sure um, – uh, Alan Silvestri did do the music for this. He's known for creating the Avengers theme song. Oh, um, perfect. We found a way to hook it back into the show. And also, this isn't necessarily related, but the, the director of Eraser was the same guy who directed uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask, too. So, I mean, it's just like you got your full-on 90s with this film Eraser. I think anybody can watch this movie. I don't think this is just for, like, action fans or anything like that. It's just it's just a good movie perfectly encapsulating the time that it was made. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Eraser, go check it out on HBO Max. But if you wanted to go watch something a little bit newer, we saw this pop up on our uh, Hulu page this weekend. A brand new movie. I, I believe it's a Hulu original. I don't know if it's one of those scenarios where it was originally going to hit theaters, but Hulu bought it, or if it was Hulu from start to finish, but it's a film called Vacation it, Friends, is, and we went in basically knowing nothing with very low this, expectations. Is this your second John Cena film of the month? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know what? John Cena has not been in the Hollywood game for very long, and I haven't gone and looked it up, but I may be a John Cena completionist he, by now with he, his Hollywood <laughs> career. He, uh, I saw this as in this, but uh, what was it? Uh, Fast Nine is like the highest grossing movie of the pandemic, which isn't saying much, but like 
uh, also a movie starring John Cena this year. Yes, uh, exactly, and that's one that I, I've caught. So I may be a John Cena completionist. I, I'll, I maybe need to go back and look at his uh, his uh, movieography. What do they call it? I don't even know. I, I want to say discography. Filmography. Right? <laughs> Filmography, that's right. Yeah. So uh, John Cena's in it along with uh, Lil Rel, and I can't remember the actress's name, but she's like the best friend it, of Issa Rae in Insecure. It. It, yeah, correct me. Little Ray, he was also in uh, Space Jam, I believe, was one of the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So both of these guys have made kind of uh, quote-unquote tentpole H- movies. Uh, HBO year. Max staples for the month of <laughs> July, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, but Vacation Friends is just this kind of, uh, I don't want to say romantic comedy, but it's kind of more leaning comedy with these, uh, these two couples that... Uh, kind of begrudgingly become friends during their uh, kind of Caribbean vacation and then how things transpire after they go back home to get married. Uh, we went in with very low expectations and had a pretty good time. It's definitely not a perfect movie. I think the the reviews are kind of sitting around kind of like a, a 6 out of 10 or, you know, something like yeah. that. And, you know, that, that feels feels about right. But John Cena has a pretty good performance in this film where he's kind of playing this uh, kind of a pl- uh, oblivious kind of like a strong, like buff jock, which really fits his uh, type of persona. But John Cena is such a funny actor. Like, I, I, I can't tell if this is just big. Big giant muscle man reading lines is funny, or if he's adding something to it. And after seeing a couple of his films now, so, and a lot of them being comedies, because he was in uh, Blockers, he was in uh, Trainwreck, and now he's been in this. So he's been in like pretty solid comedy movies so far. So he's got the comedy chops. And I have to say, like I've I've really uh, enjoyed John Cena, and I guess you could probably call the Suicide Squad like a comedy, especially uh, yeah, the performance it's a dark that he comedy. gives. Yeah, so I am down for basically any movie that he's going to be in that's uh, that's got the word comedy in the description. So uh, it, it, go in with low expectations or no expectations. You know, you could definitely kind of be on your but phone while you're watching this movie, and you'll be fine. Again, it's a like you said, Hulu uh, original probably. Uh, in, in if it's on there, it's probably. I'm not saying it's going to Hulu puts out low qual, or low quality stuff but I mean that kind of gives me an indication of like uh, this didn't go to like a big a big studio didn't buy this one you know out the gate it probably yeah. went down but- the, down the line to Hulu yeah, but there are some solid laughs in here, and also you should have Hulu anyway because I know you're watching Reservation Dogs every every Sunday, which is uh, Taika Waititi's uh, kind of executive produced uh, TV show right now. Every week's been hilarious, so if you're paying to watch Reservation Dogs, you might as well uh, mm-hmm. go check out Vacation Friends if you got a little bit of time. But that's I, what I would, that's what I've been watching this week, Chris. Uh, I'm gonna be continue diving down the Arnold Switch Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, rabbit hole. Um, I'm gonna get my wife to watch uh, T1 and T2 because okay. she has seen them, but it's been a very, very long time, so it's gonna be kind of like a fresh watch for her. And I, I made the realization today when I was thinking of all these Arnold Arnold movies, I was like, he has just been a staple of my childhood. <laughs> like oh, yeah. every movie he made, like Batman and Robin, True Lies, uh, Twins. Actually, it's been forever since I've seen Twins. I could probably watch they, that movie again too. They said they were making like a sequel to that. I thought. Uh... Oh, I thought I heard something about that too. Huh. Are they involved with it? I don't even know. I could not. I could not tell you. But I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think we're of that age where '80s action stars were like everything we could get our VHS hands on in the '90s was an '80s mm-hmm. action movie, right? Because um, Total Recall is one of my favorite movies uh, of his, and then also oh, yeah. The Running Man, um, which you know is where he's on that game show essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are like the two. When I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, those are the two movies I think of. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's nothing that, you know, 
it, there's nothing wrong with Predator or any of those, but like those are the two I just Im- immediately go to when I think mm-hmm. of him. Uh, and then um, the other movie I have, which I always forget he's in, is Red Sonja. Uh, are you familiar with Red Sonja? Oh, I've, I've actually never seen that, but I, I suppose, especially since we have a comic book kind of podcast, I probably should go back and watch that. She, she, yeah, Red Sonja is a comic book character that I believe was somebody else and then it was bought by Marvel recently. Uh, but essentially, he he doesn't play Hercules or Conan, but he plays Hercules and Conan in a different name in that in that. So um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like, there's just a lot of those like um, '80s action movies, maybe late '90s, early '90s action movies that just scream uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And what what well, was it? Uh, was it Kindergarten Cop? It's not mm-hmm. a tuba. <laughs> I always think of that. Classic. So. Uh, we're just going to change this to the superhero slate uh, podcast featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movies. Uh, moving yeah, forward. exactly. We'll, we'll come up with a, a good a good name for this list of, of movies, Mike. Your, your, <laughs> your checklist. Uh, but if that's it, let's jump into this week. This week we get finally another Marvel movie in theaters only. This is the first one since Spider-Man Far mm-hmm. From Home that's been theaters only. And it's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And let me tell you, I realized this week... Seeing this movie two weeks early has really hampered my ability to talk about this movie to everybody else. <laughs> like, I really want to talk about it. And I'm like, ah, oh, there's a small group of people here. Yeah, uh, I mean, this 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 is really telling to me because uh, Chris knows that I do not want to know anything about this movie. He's, he's not giving me any initial impressions. He's just kind of giving me, like, vague vibes, if you will. And I would say the vibes are trending positive in my end. Or... He's going the totally different direction, and this is the worst movie he's ever seen, and he's just so excited to talk about how bad it is, but I don't think it's going that direction. So I have to say, I'm starting to get on the hype train more and more. Like, I'm moving up carts. I was, like, in the back eating cockroaches, and now, like, I'm moving to the fancier carts in the hype train. So I'm excited. We got buffer seats because, you know, this is our first time going back to the theater, and we're going, like, in like the first showing on a Saturday morning. So the buffer seats are like extra cheap too. So oh, yeah. there's just going to be empty seats next to us. It's going to be great. So uh, we're not going to have any snacks. We're not going to eat anything, even though we're vaccinated, you know, scientifically we're probably okay, but you know, it's the first time back. We just want to ease into it. Safe, so maybe by the time sorry. we see, maybe by the time we see Spider-Man in December, things will be a little bit yeah. uh, easier, but excited for Shang-Chi. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, and uh, I think we may we might be doing our spoiler cast recording on Saturday. So if you really want to know know what we think, you might be able to listen a day early for that one. Yeah. But we'll keep you posted. Check, yes. make sure you're subscribed and check those feeds. It, it is a holiday weekend, uh, so you know we're trying to maneuver not just doing podcasts all the time. But you know that's how that's how this goes. Anytime we have a long weekend, a movie drops the Friday before. <laughs> uh, it's like the the theaters playing this out or something. Yeah, uh, or trailers drop on a Monday. You know, oh, the day after we record the podcast, which is always a bummer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's how that's how it goes. Uh, but, um, yes, yeah, Shang-Chi and the Ring is opening this week. I will confirm myself there's a mid-credits and a post-credits scene. Um, and and so do not get up. Do not leave. You want to watch these. Uh, so that's that's my that's my takeaway here. There are long credits. So if you have to go to the bathroom between the mid and the end, you're, you're more than one. You'll have more than enough yeah, the Yeah, the VFX teams are only getting larger and larger, so it takes longer and longer for these credits to roll. 
Yeah, I've also not seen any more previews for this since I've been to the theater, so that's very interesting for me. Like, I don't know what they're putting out there, uh, what, mm-hmm. what else. But, like, again, the trailers have been very um, uh, conservative in this film, which is which is my maybe the, the, the opposite of another movie trailer we're talking about at the <laughs> end of this. So I'm very excited to get, hear what everyone thinks of this movie. I want to I wanna know uh, when people when people think when, when they get there. So do write us if you see it this week. Let us know. I'm going Thursday at 6. Uh, again here in in my local theater so um very very excited to take it out and, and and see this this movie mike uh anything else questions or concerns for shang chi before we move on to the next no, item that you want to ask me here to, i'm ready i'm ready to go man i'm ready to go lock and load well speaking of things and i have no transition there you're gonna have to <laughs> give me on that cowboy bebop uh they we actually have a november release date for this mike uh, i saw netflix mm-hmm. dropped it this week they didn't give us a trailer though uh or they just gave us like two or three screenshots so i'm kind of a little i'm a little disappointed if you will however i know netflix really hypes up their marketing the month beforehand uh, yeah i feel like normally we don't see a netflix trailer until we're almost ready to stream it and i don't know if that's strategy on their end or what exactly is going on but we have some like kind of official shots from it and uh, everything looks great uh we finally get to see uh john is it john cho john cho um we finally get to see him in the spike spiegel kind of classic uh large kind of large i guess large collar but what's it called on a suit when the collar comes down on the front of the chest like it's kind of like those those wing flap folds or is that yeah the large lapel suit which is something that you only got a chance to see if people were photoshopping his head onto yeah. uh, onto uh, Spike Spiegel's uh, body from the anime. So he looks great. Um, all the other characters are looking good. Uh, we're missing Ed, which is a classic character from the anime, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we meet Ed somewhere along the lines of the series, so it'll be kind of like a fun reveal when we get to see Ed. We do get to see Ayn, which is the corgi, yeah. the little doggy everybody loves, and surprise, surprise, it just looks like every other corgi out there, so I guess they saved themselves a little bit of work that when they made the anime, they never made Ed special in any way. I think Ed, if I remember right, was genetically engineered or something. There's some sort of, like computer code or something associated with the dog or maybe it ate or maybe the dog ate like a microchip or something in the episode i don't remember but visually nothing is special about ed it's just a cute little corgi but the internet as misogynistic and dumb as it is uh obviously went uh full tilt on faye valentine which is the female of the group of course and there is i'm sure a very small vocal minority of people that were upset that she was not scantily clad like she is oh. in the anime. And uh, their reasoning for uh, being upset is, well, some people have successfully cosplayed as the character from the anime, so I don't understand why uh, TV budget couldn't uh, put her in this costume. And it's if you're not familiar with the anime, it's basically like no clothes at all. It's just like these tiny little shorts and there's something that kind of like vaguely looks like a bra and like that's it. And it's just like... Did you really think in the year of 2021 that they were going to put, like, a lead female actress in that costume? And, like, excuse me for being brash here, but all I want to do is tell these people is just go jerk off and then you'll be over it, right? It's just like, like it's just these like teenage boys are just like, they're too much in their own hormones and it's just like, it's super frustrating. I think sometimes people forget that you're here to serve a narrative and not to serve the costume that some people drew like a couple decades ago, right? <laughs> so uh, that's my little bit of rant here of like, if you're so obsessed with her not looking like that, just go, I don't know, 
go look at her like in her cartoon yeah. form and well, get your jollies you know it's yeah. just it's just super dumb <laughs> well it's it's one of those things so netflix uh, again uh we don't have it in our notes here but you did confirm umbrella academy season three is wrapped mm-hmm. um you know they took uh, a comic book and adapted it and they will make some changes right like the the tv show cowboy bebop which uh aired what was it 80s or 90s uh i want to say it was the Early 90s. to mid-90s, I want to say. 97 to 98. Uh, just oh, okay. I had to pull up here. Um, yeah, they, they're not going to do a one-for-one transition. Like, if they did a one-for-one translation over, that would be no good, right? Like, just watch the original at that point. So, I think they'll make some some stuff here. I did pull it up here. Uh, Ed, the character Ed, has not been cast yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they're probably leaving that for, like, some sort of surprise uh, along the way. Yeah, who and, knows? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's like a, a, a stinger at the end of the yeah. season or something like that. But a very popular hacker character. Yeah. People like Ed. And then also the uh, this series, uh, last time we – the announcement, they don't have it on, on anything, is uh, Chris Yost was writing the series who uh, created the character X-23 for Marvel and wrote most of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm-hmm. uh, the, the show. So to bring it back to us, you know – I, I, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. So I don't very know. Much, I'm very much looking forward to this. Th- this could be like the first time, uh, possibly that, uh, a live action adaptation of an anime goes over well. Right. So I'm waiting to see how that goes. Uh, I think everybody <laughs> needs to be cautiously, cautiously yeah. optimistic though, because uh, it's yet to be pulled off. Right. Unless there's like an obvious example that I'm just, I can't recall off yeah. the top well, of my head. And Cowboy Bebop has always given me Firefly vibes. If I was going to mm-hmm. be completely honest, like it, it's not like, it's not my hero academia. It's not Dragon Ball or Gundam, right? Like it's fairly easy to translate this. Like, it's not like yeah. you're going wild and mad and like, Oh my gosh! You got big robots or superpowers. It seems fairly tame. Yeah, that's the that's the thing is there's no big narrative that you have to fight when it comes to uh, Cowboy Bebop. It, it's just it's 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 relatively vanilla, right? This is almost kind of they have they could run the possibility of what happened with Ghost in the Shell, which is all of the kind of the groundbreaking kind of stories that Ghost in the Shell broke. By the time that they remade it, you know, just a couple years ago, all of that. That stuff is just kind of rote, you know. We had done that stuff in pop culture like a thousand times over already. So yeah. Cowboy Bebop is pretty straightforward. It's just kind of space bounty hunters, which we have seen in so many different iterations. Just like you said, like Firefly. You know, I'm yeah. sure Firefly, you know, was riffing off of other animes in Cowboy Bebop. I wouldn't be surprised if Joss Whedon has been quoted somewhere saying that Cowboy Bebop was an inspiration for fly, for Firefly. So yeah, yeah they, there's not a story that they have to fight or grind up against. I would say more, it's just making sure that you hit the cool vibes like when you watch Cowboy Bebop you're just like this is just oozing cool and they're bringing back the original um, the original uh, composer? The, uh, mu- the composer for it so you're going to have that vibe is going to hit there so, so the, things are looking good they're trending up so we're just going to hope that it for, keeps going up <laughs> for those uh, not in the know such as myself and any other listener uh, Cowboy Bebop was the first anime to be broadcast on Adult Swim in the United States um and people uh, are labeled as a gateway series to anime as a whole because of, uh, you know, how the, not vanilla it is, but like, you know, how I it would can say, introduce stuff to that. I would say the relatable Western themes from both definitions of the of the word Western, American Western, and then also just like Western kind of cowboy. So it's just it's easy for an American audience to just kind of understand right away, you know, what's West, going on. Yeah, Western and noir theme. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know this is something I I feel I could jump on pretty easily when it comes out and not have to not have to go watch the original. But if I had to, I wouldn't feel like you know 
um, like reading and stuff like that. Like when I tried to watch Ta- Attack on Titan, I did not. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know how the hell you adapt. I knew, I know, I know they've kind of already tried, but yeah, that's, they, it's too, it's a little too wild. I think yeah, it's a, it's a little wild. So yeah, so um, yeah, so November nineteenth, twenty one, twenty one on Netflix. So if you already got it, you're gonna get it for free. And uh, as soon as the trailer drops, we'll be able to share that with you. We're gonna jump into trailers. Mike was talking about jerking in it for some reason last <laughs> thing, so we're gonna talk about the Kingsman, which actually mentions it straight off the bat in this uh, in this Red Band trailer for the upcoming prequel film. Uh, I we, we've not heard about Kingsman's franchise in a while. Uh, just just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the character at the beginning of the trailer talks yeah. about stomach being full and his balls being empty. So. Yeah, right. We're I mean, it's, we're no, not just randomly talking about you know. Watch the trailer, you guys will understand. That's what I'm trying to say. Here. <laughs> anyway, yes, new but, Kingsman trailer, something but, that we haven't seen in a bit. But it is Red Band, and they. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's gory, but like the language is there, and I guess some of the yeah. scenes. Um, you know, we've not heard about Kingsman at all. This is a prequel. This is like what World War One, I, I think, maybe uh, era. Uh, maybe because there are cars in this, yes. Yeah. So World War One era. Uh, Rafe Hines is in this. Uh, Jim Arterton, uh, Jimon Honshu. Uh, you know, and um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name who was who's uh, Rasputin in there. Uh, he played the Lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, so that's how we bring this back. But anyway, uh, this looks 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 interesting. I, I again, I don't know much about the the story yet. Right? It still feels like a teaser trailer. Uh, but it, I, it honestly feels like we've been getting the same trailer every yeah. time this comes out. But for some reason, this one just seems to be a little bit more refined. I feel like we get uh, slightly more Kingsman gags, if you will, yeah. like a little bit, um, a little bit of action humor, scenes. Which, yeah, uh, it seems and to be this, like the long, the one shot stuff is in there. Yeah, and I, I was ac- I was ac- uh, asking you after we uh, watched this trailer before we started recording if this was still directed by Matt Matthew Vaughn. Vaughn, right? that's correct. Yeah, it's not Matt Reeves. I, but... <laughs> yeah, I keep getting getting them confused. But yeah, we got a lot of uh, similar action staples, like this kind of like the speed ramping, quick moving yeah. camera. We see a little bit of that. It pushes the in end of the trailer. It pushes in on some of those shots too, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're gonna have a version of Freebird in this movie because they'll probably try to keep it air accurate with music. Well, or who knows, maybe not. I, I, I think that them just adjusting the period of time will fix an issue that I had with the second Kingsman where they just went way too off the rails with the technology yeah. and they just kind of broke the own the rules of their own universe. So going back to World War One, uh, the only kind of really fancy thing I saw was a gun sword, which I don't know yeah. if we had seen in previous trailers, but it looked pretty cool. And we all know Chris loves Final Fantasy VIII and oh, his yeah, gun yeah. swords. Gun, gun blades. So, uh, yeah. so we're off to a good start here. Yeah, this just looks fun. I feel like my opinion... Uh, this has changed over time in a positive way. It's almost kind of like the opposite of um, some other movies that we had long been waiting for. It's just like, oh, we just keep getting trailer after trailer. And yeah. it's just like this movie should have came out a while ago because of the pandemic. And now I'm just like tired of seeing it. Uh, yeah. But now with Kingsman, I feel like I've come back around. I've come full circle because it's just like, oh, you know, uh, Kingsman 2 left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm, you know, I'm not super excited to go back into the Kingsman universe right now. But and now we've had like an extra year. So now I'm like, OK, yeah, I think I could jump back in and see what's going on. Well, I, I would even say it's been even longer. I think it was pushed back when for the for the the Fox merger with Disney, right? Went back uh-huh. um, the release, so it was pushed back a little bit lower. But like you said, this looks to be like you know, there's a flintlock rifle. Um, Jim Arterton is shooting at some point. There's sword fights. Uh, someone gets decapitated uh, in, in like uh, some sort of like one big shot move there. 
I, I yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Kingsman kind of started. This feels more in line with the original story, the first one story. I I, I think there'll be a lot of parallels between Kingsman and Kingsman um, mm-hmm. in terms of parallels because it looks like some young man is being you know introduced to the Kingsman for the first time and like being recruited mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on the, I'm on board. This is December twenty second, twenty twenty one. If it still comes out, this is also something I would love to see on streaming if they did it. So yeah, um, I mean it'll be competing at the box office with Spider Man. I yeah. mean one of the uh, biggest uh, trailer watches of all time will be competing uh, yeah. uh, head to head with this film. So uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's R rated. So knowing that is like your audience is already small, right? So mm-hmm. like um, we'll we'll see how this goes. You know, I think the Kingsman brand is is still you know. Um, uh, for for Mike, you put it above Venom brand, so uh, I think I think there's a uh, some some weight there. So we'll oh, see I, as we can. I just closer. saw this, Chris, you devilish man who organizes our show notes. He's making you wait until almost the end of the podcast till we talk about Spider Man uh, No Way Home. I, I like am. the strategy though. That's how you get people to listen to the yeah, whole show. Yeah, you you suckers are listening to this, and if you want to hear <laughs> that, you gotta go to the end. However. We do put time codes in, so if you don't want to listen to us blather on, you can just go to the end. We, doesn't, we don't the, care. That's, that's the cheat code we offer you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Matrix Resurrection CinemaCon was this week, Mike, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Gamescom as well. It was really interesting, all these things going on at once. But the next Matrix movie is called Matrix Resurrections, um, which kind of goes in with Revelations and Reloaded, right? Uh, the other yeah. two titles. I saw some people uh, bragging on the internet this week of like, oh, I guessed the title, you know, six years ago of what the next Matrix movie would be called. And I was just like, this is not a far stretch. This isn't yeah. kind of like guessing the next Spider-Man uh, title yeah. that just somehow you have to incorporate the word home in some clever way. Uh, this is just pick an R word that kind of fits the vibe Re- of, the, of the series it's so re-something. far. Re-something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, if, if you guess the title of this one, uh, I, I don't want to say you don't deserve a pat on the back, but maybe just kind of like a like a, a quick thumbs up, like, oh, okay, good job, yeah. and then, you know, never talk yeah. about it again yeah. because it's not that impressive. <laughs> you, you, you've, it's like it's like picking, the, like, what day do you think the Spider-Man trailer is going to drop? It'll be a Monday. Uh, yeah. We recorded <laughs> on Sunday kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so at a CinemaCon, a trailer um, debuted, and it kind of showed a long-haired, bearded Keanu Reeves is what, is what I'm, I'm hearing about this. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, he talks to Carrie Ann Moss, who doesn't know who he is, and apparently, like, there's no memory of the previous series, but chronologically, this is after them. So, um, like, uh, the, all the characters have collective amnesia, or, like, their memories have been wiped? Yeah, or? I think at the end of 3, didn't they say, like, you know, apparently, you know, uh, Neo, the one merged with the Matrix, and they restarted everything in this peaceful time, but that, that's well, really yeah. I guess if you had to use like computer terminology, like the world has been like restarted. Yeah, <laughs> a factory re- reset, uh, yeah. a clean a clean OS install. Some some human got out and had a paperclip and was pushing it in the back of the mainframe and was holding that red button and told oh, it reset. That actually is that actually does not seem too far fetched because they <laughs> always kind of showed these like big broad ideas and just kind of distilled them to what it would look like in the human world. Like you yeah. know, you grab like a phone to like to leave the matrix and I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like a little like paperclip. That'd be really funny. And, and well, it's interesting here. Again, I, was, I talked about this last time. The matrix first came out in early two thousands, right? Like mm-hmm. very early two thousands, um, you know, corded telephones and the internet were still brand new things. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had a cell phone, you were rich. So now we're in an interesting world where all this stuff, technology is, jump forward decades all right at least two decades probably a lot more in terms of technology jumps but like you know i'm excited to kind of see how they, they take this matrix world to a new level um, yeah 
so this so this is something that I've I've never really quite realized before. Uh, so the Matrix trilogy is kind of has a lot of parallels in my personal life to the Star Wars prequels. Like the first Matrix movie came out the exact yeah. same year as, as the Phantom Menace. I don't know exactly how they lined up after that. Oh, it was ninety nine. Oh lord. Yeah. So uh, I have a very similar feeling because I was at that age where, like, I did not understand all of the crazy, confusing stuff that was happening in both franchises. So I just, you know, I was a child, so I just paid attention to, like, oh, the big mechs in the second and third uh, Matrix movies. Or I'm just looking at, like, the new colored lightsabers in the the Star Wars prequels. It wasn't until years later that I realized that these movies, like, people did not like them. And then as as I started to kind of, like, understand and just like films more in general. It's just like, oh yeah, these these prequel movies aren't really working out. But I have never gone back to the Matrix franchise mm-hmm. and really looked at it in any sort of like editorial way, right? So I don't really have a connection to the Matrix movies. I just know people didn't really didn't like the second one and the third one. And I don't really know what the cultural consensus was on the whole finale of the whole trilogy. Oh, they did, re- people did not like it. Yeah. Um, I, I but think- I know... The, uh, I, yeah, but like ahead. the, I just never really went back in and explored it, and I never really followed the Wachowskis kind of after the Matrix in general. Like I, I didn't really watch their Netflix series. I never got around the Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Uh, I definitely did not watch the Jupiter Ascending. Ascending. No, no yeah, Speed so, Racer. Uh, no, I haven't even seen Speed Racer, but oh, I have Speed actually Racer heard good things about Speed yeah. Racer, how that's actually good. So, like, I, I know of the Wachowskis, but I just do not know. I, I'm not educated on their uh, film work. So uh, the long and the short of it is when I go back to watch The Matrix 4, I have no idea what to expect. I don't yeah. know how the Wachowskis have evolved as filmmakers well, over the years. I don't d- know if they feel like they need to redeem their trilogy in some way. So It's just it's just, it's all around strange and uh, uh, weird to me. I don't know what to expect, Chris. So... First of all, it's only one of the Wachowskis returned for this movie. Um, okay, so that was that was a big deal. Like there were some interviews this week. Um, they have both um, transitioned. They're both uh, transgender. Um, so they've uh, were men when they made the first ones, women's when they made the second. So they feel like there's like a lot of like we were different people when we made those movies. Was like some of the interview stuff kind of going on. So I'm interested uh-huh. to see not necessarily how that affects it, but like how essentially have they as filmmakers changed as well right like mm-hmm. you know their their uh, experiences in life uh, all the matrix movies i did double check this are on hbo max for you to stream at mm-hmm. your heart's content mike uh but i remember watching them um and, and kind of like you know that was like my early uh days in the film critiquing a little bit and you know the internet but like they're full of action and stuff but like i will tell you what i hate the most about the matrix two and three is like the parallels to uh like Jesus and like the Bible journey, like it is uh, they, like Snyder, one they Snydered one. it before Snyder yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you kind of get your vibe of that at the first, first, right. He, he dies and comes back. Uh, cause he's, he's one with it. But like, I, I'm not saying that, you know, those things are bad, but like, it's very like heavy handed and like how close and similar it is in mm-hmm. that. So, um, I'm excited for the resurrections. Neil Patrick Harris is in this again. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is returning. I'm excited to kind of see this and how things have evolved since, yeah. you know, almost I mean, 20 years later. Yeah, I guess we, sh- we shouldn't make promises, but, you know, we have told the audience that we are going to go back and watch uh, James Cameron's Avatar and then do a spoiler oh. cast before the next one comes out. But it might be fun to kind of watch all three Matrix movies and kind of just sit down and yeah. chat about them for a little bit before the next one comes out. It's just I, I need to go back and I need to experience the, them again. The first Matrix was actually one of the, was the first movie I ever owned on DVD as well. Um, so 
to me it holds like a special place, right? Because like that's mm-hmm. that's a huge technology turning point was DVDs. So we had a DVD player, and I was like, I got the Matrix. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like this is the perfect movie to watch on a disc. Uh, so um, kind of very very excited. For that um, and, and Resurrections, I believe, is there a release date for this? Um, December 22nd as well, Mike. That's why I had it right here. So December This year? Is, yeah. Wow. I was I was honestly expecting 2022. No, they have uh, – this is also one of the day and dates with HBO Max um, just before Oh, we, okay. This is like the last one of, of the whole deal is uh, The Matrix Resurrection. So we will get to watch it in theaters and HBO Max day and date. I do want to take a sidebar here, Mike. I did okay. see an interview with um, what's her name, the lady who made Wonder Woman '84, the director Patty Jenkins, mm-hmm. and she said she was very disappointed in how HBO Max uh, day and date release, and she'll never do it again. And I said, "You made a shitty goddamn movie. <laughs> you should feel bad for that, not where it streamed, because if it was popular enough, people would have watched it somewhere. But like that was a really bad movie, and you should feel bad for that instead." So. Uh, <laughs> That's my soapbox for that because I'm like this this article saying like she'll, she'll never do day and day again. I'm like if you made a good movie, you probably would have seen results on both ends. But like you made a bad movie and it would never have done well in theaters as you know other than that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, the big screen is not going to change the quality of your yeah. movie overall unless it's a big dumb action movie. Which right. honestly, you could you could argue that the small screen did her favors because of that crazy action set piece where Wonder Woman swings in the middle of the desert and saves that mannequin in the middle of the road because yeah. it's a mannequin. They did not bother to, to swap it out with a CG yeah. child. So, right. yeah, the, the small screen did you some favors. Exactly. Uh, it, it got more coverage than I think it would have uh, other than that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> the book of Boba Fett, the upcoming uh, uh, sequel uh, to the Mandalorian TV show, spinoff, is rumored to feature the live-action debut of bounty hunter Cad Bane. Are you familiar with Cad Bane, Mike? From Blue the... guy cowboy hat. Yes. That has <laughs> that's, a very... how I, that's how I remember him. <laughs> He's got a very menacing voice. Uh, Willem Dafoe has been rumored to possibly portray him or do his voice oh, in the live-action cool. series. Uh, but he had really big roles in the Clone Wars. He actually like kidnapped, um, uh, not Emperor, but like Senator Palpatine or whatever he was at the time before he was Emperor. Uh, and like caused a lot of problems for people, but like he has been in the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. He's probably one of my favorite additions to the the universe. Has not been brought over to live action yet. Um, you know the if they do this, it was, would be like the second show with the big bad blue guy uh, because the other one's Thrawn, right? For the other show, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could totally see them. You know, wanting to do this because he's just he's. We talked about Western stuff, right? Cow- in cowboy, be like, like he's a Western bad guy. He's got the spurs on his boots. He's got the big cowboy hat. He's got a straw, a, a, a piece of straw sticking out of his mouth at any time. He's just smooth and suave for a bounty yeah, hunter. He, he's a he's a character that I would. I'm curious how they would end up executing them. Right? This is. I feel I hope like they don't it, kill him, but yes. Well, if okay. it was, I'm, I'm kidding. But if it was classic Star Wars, I think you could do like a, a, a prosthetic face, you know, pretty easily because he's a humanoid-looking uh, character. Um, and then, you know, minimal mouth flaps for the mouth moving because the mouth is detached further down from the eyes. Um, but, you know, the, the, Man, uh, the Mandalorian crew, the Boba Fett crew, they got the money to do a CG face, yeah. so maybe it'll be a hybrid of both. Yeah, and what is uh, – he reminds me visually, if, if, if no one's looked up yet – he the ebony maw from the avengers movies right he looks oh, like him yeah. but blue kind of yeah the, the the kind of the squidward uh snout <laughs> yeah like 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 no real 
like nose, but like he's still got a face. Yeah, in it they're just stuff. gonna take that 3D model and put a blue shader over it and yeah. slap on a hat and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm excited to see that. Um, Mike, you got a chance to watch the the behind the scenes thing for the Mandalorian. <gasps> I did. Can did, I talk about it? Well, so we're gonna jump into the Mandalorian. I'll put I'll put the notes <laughs> here. But I know they. My, my favorite thing is they faked everyone out and said it's Plo Koon instead of Luke Skywalker uh, at the end. So, like, did they show any they, concept art to make that look like a person kind of thing? <laughs> they uh, Basically, what they did is they had some uh, normal kind of co- 2D concept art of an artist who did a, a physical re- uh, physical art artistic rendering of it. And then they just had this funny scene where they just 3D tracked a 3D model of Plo Koon's head onto... Um, onto uh the the luke body uh at at the end of that final episode and it's just it's just roughly tracked it's really really funny uh but uh yeah that uh that behind the scenes was really really crazy uh because dave filoni was like playing 3d chess because he was just like i know my fans the deep cut fans know i love plo koon so if we really want to throw them off we're gonna do the plo koon double fake because they'll believe it because they know i love plo koon and i know that they know that i love plo koon (laughs) so i love that he was doing that uh that extra that extra level of secrecy the princess bride kind of mentality yeah you haven't had a chance to watch it i I have not yet but i've seen a lot of uh articles and stuff kind of spin out of it yeah well the thing is i'm not too worried about spoiling it because i think a lot of the really fun stuff in it is the visuals that you get to see along the way uh so a, a lot of the information has kind of been disseminated disseminated like you said through we, articles but the uh, the uh the behind the scenes does two different things for me right first it gives me a lot of respect for the production of this last episode and i think you talked about this a lot chris when we first reacted to the end of you were like, oh, I bet they didn't have a lot of time. I bet it was a really small crew, mm-hmm. you know, trying to keep it secret because they never are able to keep anything secret in Hollywood anymore. And you were you were basically correct in that sense of they had the smallest crew possible. The rest of the team was filming the Robert Rodriguez episode um, at the time, and they just kept the staff as small as possible. Even the... Um, even the editors that were working on some of the the facial stuff was literally locked in a room. They locked him in there so nobody else could go in and see what he was working on because he's sitting in front of like these wall of monitors and everything. So I do get a lot of respect for kind of the decisions that they had to make, right? Because uh, John Favreau in the documentary does this really good job of laying down the paths that they could have gone down. And I was very happy that they did not divert from talking about deep fakes, right? Because now it's all out there in the zeitgeist. Yeah. They even hired somebody that did a really, really popular deep fake over what they produced. And they even showed, amazingly, their deep fake process. And they're like, this is what we almost did. And this is what it looks like. And it looks close, right? But they just had to make the kind of the final artistic call of like, our deep fake process is not quite there just yet. Let's kind of go back to the more of the traditional methods of kind of like what Peyton Reed was familiar with with uh, de-aging um, in the Ant-Man movies. And, you know, they did a little bit of what they uh, de-aged with uh, Tarkin, which I guess wasn't de-aging. It was just a full 3D uh, replication. Yeah. But they kind of just meshed those two together. Now, when we talked about it in React of the Luke Skywalker return, my big problem with it was the voice. To me, the right, voice yeah. totally ruined the immersion. And I could kind of get over the visual factor of it. Like, I get it. He's not that young anymore. So they kind of have to do something. I can deal with that disconnect. But the voice drives me crazy. And nobody was talking about the voice when this episode came out. I didn't see any hot takes. I didn't see any articles, anybody talking about the voice. People just ran with the fact that... Um, 
that Mark Hamill was on set and that he must have done the voice. Or I think I even saw some people reporting he did the voice. And so we just need to we just need to call it what it is. He is the same actor. He's a little bit older, but, you know, he could maybe sound younger because he's a professional voice actor. Who knows? But I was like, something is not right here. This does not sound like him. This does not even sound like a human. And I was vindicated because it is not as a totally synthesized voice from an artificial intelligence program. They took all of this uh, recorded data of Mark Hamill during that era and then they fed it into a computer and then they had it spit out lines and this thing was the furthest from ready i went back and i rewatched the scene even my wife was in the room with me and it's just like i don't know how anybody thinks this sounds like mark hamill uh, old mark hamill or even a young mark hamill this sounds like a robot like there's even parts of the inflection where i feel i feel like i'm hearing digital noise and i'm sure i'm not it's probably just my psycho my, the psychological part of my brain going a computer made this so that's the thing that breaks the total immersion from me i don't know if there was i don't know if there would have been a better way to do it or if they were just so concentrated on getting the visuals right that once they got something that was just kind of close enough they decided to run with it but I was I felt very vindicated when I learned I wasn't going crazy like it is not a human like they they didn't even bring in older Mark Hamill to record lines and they like de-aged his voice it was just purely synthesized and they seem very proud of it and I don't know why because it sounds like garbage to me. So I guess that's the biggest takeaway that I took from it as a little vindication for the voice but of course, I have to say there's still it, it's still a fascinating watch. You got to watch this behind the scenes to, just to see visually everything that they did, and so much thought went into it. Like they they even thought about like how would Luke Skywalker after Jedi fight, right? Because they even mentioned that like you know we've seen Ahsoka fight, and Ahsoka is technically Luke Senior. She's actually been trained by like real Jedi Knights in their prime, like Luke would just kind of be adapting to his own fighting style. And I was really impressed that they were thinking about things at that granular level. So you could, there's a lot of appreciation that goes into this, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we have what that was executed. So, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was cool, but I did see some people online that was just like, I just wish it was, was Plo Koon. I think yeah, you yeah, could have just yeah. swapped Plo Koon in there that you would have hit pretty much the same story beats, but when I went back, so I watched the documentary and everything, and I went back and I watched the scene again, and surprisingly, the biggest takeaway from it is the emotional connection between Grogu and Mando, right? Yeah. You know, once you get over the fact that you're seeing this magic trick on screen in front of you, you do forget, like, oh, this is a season finale. He's saying goodbye to Grogu, this character, this sweet baby child character that he's had all these adventures with, and you feel the emotional heartstrings even after you've seen the show and you're rewatching the scene all, all along. So I guess really ultimately at the end of the day like you can totally usurp all of this technology and all of these fancy editing tricks and all of these uh, musical and audio cues where they bring back the you know original theme from the Star Wars movies and you're just like oh that's right I'm watching a TV show and I'm connecting to the story between this uh, child and this bounty hunter so I I thought that that was actually I was like oh I'm surprised that actually they did what literally they were supposed to do in that scene which was say goodbye and it worked really really well uh, narratively and emotionally so Mm. Uh, there's wins, there's wins and losses, but overall the wins outnumber the losses. But yeah, yeah go watch this. What's it actually called? The gallery is that yeah, what they're it's, calling it's it? The gallery, uh, Mandalorian one. Yeah, and this, yeah. This so. is a special one-off episode, separate from the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. Chris, you got you got to go watch it. It's fascinating because yeah. they they show you like 
they because they do like the motion track of what their deep fake looked like and stuff so you could kind of see like oh actually their deep fake was looking pretty good i'm surprised they didn't go with it but you know they got a lot of really uh um talented people over there so i'm sure they made the right call for the time and the week and the hour that they were making it (laughs) at the end of the day it's movie making is corporate level stuff right and they were like we've got to make calls and um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? We can always be like, well, this didn't really work out well, but that's good. And, and it's funny because like one of my favorites, my favorite Star Wars character is is Plo Koon as well uh, from from the prequel era. So um, yeah, I, I would be in that. That I was like, yes, tell me he lived through the airplane crash, please. And we're gonna yeah. see more Plo Koon because I would love to see that. Also, Plo Koon was the uh, the person who found Ahsoka and got her to the Jedi Temple. So I think yeah. that would have tied into that well. But you know. It's whatever. I I also like his no nonsense attitude, right? He's just very much like the straight man. Like yeah. he's he's not really one for goofing around. So I like that idea of him kind of butting heads with maybe like um maybe even like a Boba Fett, right? Yeah. You know, Boba Fett is like not exactly goofy, but he'll improvise and go against the rules. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now the other reason I like the Mandalorian in here is uh, season three is rumored to be the final season for the series. They're looking Ooh. to possibly. Wrap this up now. Not necessarily in the characters per se; they would show up in other spinoffs, but possibly in this on a three-season note, like a nice little quote-unquote trilogy, if you will, for the Mandalorian. Yeah, but what does that even mean for a Disney Plus show? Right? We've yet to see a Disney Plus original like wrap up. Right? I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a Disney Plus show has been kind of like shadow banned, like shadow canceled. Right? Like, oh yeah. no, we're just not going to make another. No one really watched. Yeah. No, nobody's really watching Turner and yeah. Hooch, so we're not really going to make a second season. You know, and nobody cares about it. Right? I, right. I don't know if that actually well, I happened, would, but I would say WandaVision's pretty close. Uh, yeah, I, but I we, don't think we, we'll, I don't think we'll get a second WandaVision. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody's expecting it either. But we do know the character is going to persist, obviously, right. because she existed and, before the show. So it makes it, you think that will we be seeing Mando pop yes, up in that's, any that, of these other shows? Right? It, it, yeah, the rumor people were like yes that you know he will be around like these characters are not going anywhere like you know kind of thing but like his story will focus on the dark saber and possibly retaking the planet mandalore right because uh-huh. he's now found other mandalorians so um yeah i, I don't know if, if season three was the last and they know it and they write it with that in mind i think that'll be great um if they want to continue going after and do four or five i could see it going five seasons pretty pretty easily um because, you know, as a bounty hunter, you're not really limited by what you do. Uh, like, you can go anywhere in the galaxy at yeah. this point. I, yeah, I'm not saying they can't pull it off, but the first two seasons were very much heavily focused on the child, right? Yes. So how well can Mando do without, you know, yeah. the child really pulling a lot of kind of the pop cultural weight, right, of yeah. the show? So luckily they, they, they started off strong, so the audience is there now, so now they can continue without uh, Baby Yoda. The, the good faith in Disney Plus shows uh, mm-hmm. was, was built from ground one, day one, so that's always a bonus. The Marvel character Werewolf by Night has been on a lot of our news articles lately, and I believe I figured out why. Uh, there's rumored to be a Halloween special for Marvel in the works at Disney Plus. Um, I we did see you know Lego is getting a, a Halloween special um, on their Lego Star Wars. That Lego Star Wars had what, what was it a New Year's or Christmas special, holiday special? Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel's also doing the um, what was it the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? So if they wanted to do a an animated, possibly animated Werewolf by Night ser- uh, Halloween special, I'd be on board with this. Like like a one-off kind of thing that's like oh this exists in marvel somewhere or even a, a what if spinoff if they wanted to 
to be honest, I have no idea what this is, and I'm just doing like some slight uh, googling. To me, it just looks like Marvel at one point in time wanted to write a comic book about a werewolf, so they just made this character, and then once a character is created in Marvel, any writer at any point in time can resurrect it and throw it in an issue, and then it became a recurring character. I'm sure there might be some sort of unique origin behind like how this character became a wolf, but it seems to be pretty standard stock and barrel like werewolf creature, right? Yeah, yeah. Is I think he has the ability to be a werewolf like more like the idea of werewolf by night. It's not just a full moon kind of werewolf uh, kind of thing. So it might be like um, he might be a werewolf every night, like at, at, at like nightfall kind of thing, rather than just full moon. Oh my gosh! The ca- okay, Chris, the character's name is Jack Russell, <laughs> like the talk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that well, is, that is great. I mean, that's totally like Marvel like naming patterns, right? Like, what's yeah. the most obvious fun name that people will recall uh, over and over again? Well, listen to him, Jack Russell, like the terrier. Yeah, like the terrier. He's a werewolf, right? And it's just like, I guess that's the same. That's so funny. That's great. I was going to say, uh, this was, I believe, 70s um, when it came out. I know there's a newer one called uh, Jake Gomez, I believe, is the newest werewolf by night. Um, it's it's in the it's in the comic books. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, Jack J- Ruckle, Jack Russell or Bus. If the main character isn't named after a breed of dog, I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, it was interesting because a Werewolf by Night movie was supposed to be uh, announced and uh, was supposed to be filming in 2005. However, there has that, been that no news like, since that then. Sound, that sounds like a Sony Pictures move, right? <laughs> like, we want to build this villain universe. Let's bring this werewolf to this. Yeah. So what, you, what you're saying is that the rumors are kind of focusing around that this might be something animated that will come out in October maybe? Not this October, but like next year's uh, mm. Halloween thing. But like – the the there was an idea that they wanted to use this in one of the TV shows I believe that was that was going on recently I think maybe it might have been Modoc or something else uh, or maybe gotcha. um, something that, so they were like you can't use Werewolf by Night and they were like oh I thought you were like pitching to me like something uh, on the level of like Beyonce dropping like a secret album like how oh, amazing yeah, no. would that how amazing would that be you're just in the month of October. You think, like, the next Marvel thing you're going to get isn't until Christmas when, like, a Spider-Man movie comes out. And then all of a sudden you see on Disney+, Plus like, a brand new, like, live-action, like, Marvel series. Like, yeah. I don't even know how you'd keep that on the wraps. But I feel like the only way you could do it is with, like, an obscure werewolf character, right? Uh, because yeah. you could just kind of use fake names for everything. People would just think they're making some weird, like, werewolf thing, like, for right. teens or something. And then all of a sudden it's got, like, a Marvel origin. If, if anybody can ever pull it off, I'd be really excited because yeah. the eyeballs that are just draped over every Marvel property well, and, like, trademark filing are just – you can't avoid it, you know? The other thing I can think of is if, you know, if they snuck it into the what-if planning and they were, like – Oh, okay. And then, like, oh, you're making this. And, like, oh, it's for what if. And then, like, it never released. Like, oh, where did it go kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. if it's animated, I guess there's less eyes, right? Because, you know, continuity-wise, people aren't looking for the animated things. But this could be, like, a fun way because, uh, you know, when I was doing my cursory Googling, I saw a couple of uh, uh, thumbnails of people suggesting that this character might pop up in Moon Knight. So that would be kind of a fun way to, like, kind of backdoor the character into the universe. Oh, they were introduced kind of... Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity here and if they do a Halloween special, I think that's fine and then it doesn't like it doesn't take up like a movie slot down the road, you know, like I'll keep my eye out yes. for Jack Russell. Yeah, <laughs> at night, only by night. You'll never know during the day. 
But that ties into Marvel's focus on magic and mysticism seems to be taking a really, really huge upswing lately. Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, f uh, including Werewolf by Night, this topic, The Midnight Suns, and another trailer we'll talk about at the end of the day, seem to focus a lot on magic. Mm -hmm. um, so the Midnight Suns at Gamescom, we had a trailer for a previously unannounced game that is uh, a tactical RPG. And this is based on a 90s comic book called The Midnight Suns, S-O-N-S. <laughs> and this is The Midnight Suns, S-U-N-S. So uh, have you ever heard of the, the franchise XCOM? Uh, you know what? I remember when it came out because people were really excited about it because it was kind of this turn-based RPG, but it was like next-gen, and I think they had tweaked it to where they kind of added some unique gameplay additions yeah. to uh, turn-based. Like Because I know like in the classical sense, it's just like you kind of move your chess piece, and then your chess piece can kind of do like an action. Yeah. And then I, I think like in XCOM, they made it like slightly more real time or something. I never played it, but that's kind of the opinion yeah. that I have of so, XCOM. So the company that made this, Fire Access, makes Civilization games, right? The Civ mm -hmm. games, uh, Sid Meier games, whatever they're called. So like they're known for their like simulation and like, you know, top down. But they, they started doing, um, you know, XCOM, which is essentially an alien invasion of the world. You have a turn based kind of game to to battle the aliens as they, they take over. Um, and uh, their last one, XCOM 2, I believe, won a bunch of awards. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. But um, so they they were in theory to be working on uh, a Marvel game, and lo and behold, out of nowhere, we get the trailer for Midnight Suns, which, uh, as I told Mike, is set to a hell of a cover of uh, Metallica's Inner Sandman, <laughs> and it gave me a lot of um, Diablo vibes if I will, like the villain Lilith looks like a Diablo character. Mm -hmm. And uh, while this is purely a CGI trailer, gameplay will happen, will be shown on September 1st on IGN. Uh, there's a lot of magical characters and there's a lot of regular superhero characters, including, I believe, one of the first times we've seen X-Men in video games in a long, long time mm -hmm. alongside the yeah. Marvel because Wolverine is right there. Like yeah, I mean, this. this is a Motley crew for sure. I mean, I, I, I know the, the characters, well, I'm sure the, the roster will be different, like once you kind of do pre-order DLCs and stuff like that mm -hmm. or whatever, but it looks like we kind of got Wolverine, Iron Man, Blade, and Ghost Rider for now. Uh, but yeah, this game looks sick. It's got kind of like this kind of badass, like glow-in-the-dark felt, you know, uh, right. 90s Spencer's poster vibe oh, yeah. <laughs> all over it to me. Um, I'm really curious kind of on the business side of things, right? Because, you know, when you make a Marvel video game, since they don't have their own video game studio, it could go one of two ways, right? Either somebody at Marvel is like, I want to turn Midnight Suns into a video game. I'm going to, you know, shop this around to see who wants to make it. Or a video game company approaches Marvel and it's just like, we want to make a video game and we'd love to license your IP. What can we have? And then in that scenario, I love the idea that they're just like, oh, we can do the Midnight Suns. You'll, you'll let us do that. And they're just like, yeah, we, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, so there is um, Bill Roseman is in charge of Marvel games. Marvel actually mm -hmm. has a games portion where they don't make their own internally but they do license them out marvel mm -hmm. future revolution is a, a game that's kind of like i think world of warcraft that just dropped on phones i've been playing it i don't quite get it uh but i'm not a warcraft person either right but what's interesting this is the th was it the third or fourth uh big console slash pc game in the past year to kind of be announced right like we have marvel's avengers 
Uh, mm. Guardians of the Galaxy is dropping uh, in October, and then this is dropping in March. And uh, there are 13, 13 different heroes, or 12 Marvel heroes, right? So you mentioned the ma- magic ones like Blade, Ghost Rider, uh, Magic, Nico Minoru. She has a thing. But you also get to play Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine, Doctor Strange, and, and Captain Marvel. Uh, but the Hunter, the main chick that they kind of awaken in the trailer, um, she is your character, and you can customize her how you want to be. So that's like your main character, and then you can control the other ones throughout the thing as well. Yeah, because like she's like the daughter of the villain, right? Is that what yeah. I uh, what I remember from the story? Yeah, yeah. Lola's forsaken child, and the only hero to have her defeated her. It says so. Yeah. So, but what this game could be really cool. It could be really fun. You know, I don't play video games as much as I used to, so I'm always kind of thinking of the strategical like brand side of things of like Marvel in general, yeah. where they're just like, oh, let's get some of this blade kind of Ghost Rider stuff back out there in pop culture because we're going to be hitting this stuff up in our cinematic universe soon. You know, we want people to not forget about how cool these characters are. So maybe, yeah, maybe now's a good time that we kind of license this out. Yeah, the Midnight Suns, again, are a 90s thing, and they had all these characters. Doctor Strange, I think, joined later, but, like, um, I I think it's very interesting that they're using the newer uh, Ghost Rider, the the one from the... uh, who drives the the, mo- the the car instead of the motorcycles? Mm-hmm. Like it's not Johnny Blaze version. Um, so it's a, I think it's the biggest change. But yeah, so like I don't know who approached who about using the magical side of this, right? This team. But yeah, it's very yeah, interesting am, on that. Yeah, I am really curious because for any game studio, like putting Marvel characters in your video game it's kind of almost like a cheat code because you get automatical brand recognition, right? So was this game studio like, oh, we want to make like a turn-based game like XCOM. uh, So let's make one. And then, you know, the next meeting is just like, "Uh, do we really want to make brand new characters, a brand new IP, or should we just like license something? Oh, let's license something. The next meeting is just like, okay, who are we going to license? Do you want to license DC characters, Marvel characters? What, like, what should we do? And it's just like, well, let's approach Marvel. And then once they find out they're going the Marvel direction, like, do they just like pick like what characters they want? Like, did they throw like Ghost Rider, you know, and Blade in there? And then somebody at Marvel's just like, well, you already kind of got like these two like kind of magical uh, characters. Why don't you guys just do Midnight Suns? It's just like, oh, that's cool. And then that's where the theme goes. Like, it makes me think that like maybe it just not from day one they knew they wanted to use all these characters, but it could have been like a, a progression of just like, okay, this is cool. This is where this go- is going. But yeah. either way, the trailer looks rad. Like, as a cinematic, I mean, super cool right yeah it, it, fighting villains uh like bringing someone to life and, and seeing all this look i mean this is really cool and like i said the, the cover of uh entertainment was was really it really just kind of kicks in there um mm-hmm. but I, i'm excited to kind of see the gameplay and how this plays uh, i have xcom 2 on my xbox and i think it was like free uh, at one point or whatever um i think the difference is uh, when you mentioned dc i forgot about it. dc is owned by warner brothers who has their own game studio Oh yeah, that's right. So, so I think they, they probably they make they're all probably not games. licensing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, the upcoming the Suicide Squad uh, versus Justice League game and, and the new Batman movie. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of where this is and you know how they kind of dove into this because uh, I, I'm excited for Diablo. I'm I'm really on the fence uh, with how Blizzard and the the whole political thing is going on with Blizzard right now internally for the, as a company. But I would totally throw my money at this right now if they, they said, yeah, we're going to do Marvel. And then- Oh, yeah. When, when I saw this, I was like, oh, this has Chris's name <laughs> plastered all over it. <laughs> yeah, so very, very excited for this. But this is coming out March of next year on all major consoles, including PS4, Xbox One, uh, PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. So we'll be talking about that later. 
Uh, real quick before we jump into some of the, the, the bigger stuff here, I want to talk about the uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They are currently filming outside, so there are a lot of photos coming out of this, right? C- correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm forgetting, is this the, the next movie or the yes. Disney Plus series? There's no... Well, yeah, the Black Panther Disney Plus series is not in progress right now. So it's okay, just Black okay, Panther the 2. Gotcha. Okay. For all and mm-hmm. So we have Martin Freeman on set, who seems to be rocking a full-on uh, gray beard now, uh, more than his, his young uh, girl. And also, Chris, you, you told me earlier, lapels, the yeah. big lapels, they have returned out of the Cowboy Bebop universe onto Martin, Martin Freeman's suit here. Yeah, and then um, there have been other things, like, you know, there was, like, a first look at... Um, Ironheart, but she, right? but like she's just like in a jeans and a shirt. I'm like, this could be her walking down the like the road. Like, there's no mm-hmm. real here. But you know, Martin Freeman, you know, playing Everett Ross, returning, looking like you know he's he he's he's gone through a, a blip where half the people in the world disappeared. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to to see this. You know, we are, I believe today is like the one year of Chadwick Boseman's passing, sadly. So, oh, uh, man. I can't believe how fast they've kind of turned this around and are filming, and you know, we'll have it, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Martin Freeman's character kind of adapts a bit of like a um, uh, what word am I looking for when you uh, when people are hired to kind of liaison between countries. Uh, why can't I think of the word? Uh, oh, man, it's like a governmental position. What's it called? Uh, why can't I, why can't I, I think I of it? Know, I don't know what you're thinking of. So, oh my god, wow! It's just it's one of those words. Right. Either way, I feel like he's going to be uh, integral in uh, Wakanda, kind of yeah. reaching out to the rest of the world, and he's yeah. going to be the political in between there. Yeah, because I mean, technically, Wakanda opened itself up to the world, and then everyone was gone for five years, at least, if not more, and then now they're all back. Uh, so I'm, I, I have no idea where this movie's going, man. Like I am completely in the dark uh and i don't know so i'm excited to kind of see kind of what's what's going on with it later so um i'll keep you posted you can see that that image if you click on the link in the show notes all right now for the real the real fun stuff mike spider-man no way home we got a trailer our first teaser trailer (laughs) on monday Monday. the day after we record the podcast so Luckily, all the uh, all of the hot takes, the Easter eggs, everything has been filtered out of this trailer, frame by frame, you know, pixel by pixel. So at least G- we can gamma kind of up, re- gamma down. Everyone has yes. like like edited this in every which way to figure out what's, what's yeah. actually been. In here. I adjusted some levels on my own to see yeah. to peer back in the shadows and everything. Uh, unfortunately, like 4K trailers just don't seem to exist unless they're upscaled by like you know just some rando channel. So you can't even get more pixels out of it if you go someplace else. You were telling me that like Apple has higher bitrate yes. stuff, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't always necessarily mean more yeah. resolution, it, just more information. Yeah, less less compression, but like that doesn't mean like you're gonna see a lot more at the end of the day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so this dropped Monday. Um, the the leak came out Sunday. We were talking literally about it last week. Uh, the leak trailer. Um, I went back and looked, and it does line up pretty pretty good. After after this mm-hmm. one dropped, I went back and watched it. It lines up pretty good. So. Uh, I'm I'm glad I didn't really watch that because this was the way to watch it at the end of the day. Uh, this this was this was out of left field. I, I I think it's great that it picks up where the last one left off, right? Like the world finding out who Spider-Man is, and it looks like he's going to go through a little bit of that. Uh, we also get to see Doctor Strange just chilling in a, in a sweatshirt, hoodie, and boots, uh, and his magic cape, uh, shoveling snow out of his uh, sanctum sanctorum. And then it really kind of goes off the rail because there's a magic spell, and when magic spells in the multiverse are involved, Mike, 
there's a lot to be taken out of this from 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 this point forward to this that trailer. It, it was free game for what was going to happen, and uh, I, I don't want to rush through it, but like, I believe we're getting a Sinister Six in this movie, Mike. I mean, uh, that's what it's looking like. I mean, should we just like uh, cut yeah. to the chase here yeah, yeah. and just talk about how many villains that might be popping over from a multiverse? Because yeah. I've roughly counted five. Yes. I don't know what the sixth might be. I guess it I have, could be um, the I, the vulture, maybe I have breaking out of a cell, maybe. I have an idea. But, but we'll, we'll count them yeah. from most obvious to least obvious. Okay. So most obvious, we have Doc Ock returning. Yes, right. Alfred Molina himself from Spider-Man 2, one of my favorite movies uh, in comic book world. And um, he is here de-aged, obviously. He's wearing his sunglasses, which is very important to note. That is from very early on at, during the bank heist of the movie uh, of Spider-Man 2, not later in the end. Uh, and uh, a lot of people point out his... Robot tentacles have red lights on them, and that's usually when they're in control. When he's in control, they're white lights. So, um, yes, he shows up and he says, hello, Peter, in his menacing Dr. Ock voice, which is just like, if I was in a theater, Mike, I would have cheered. I would have cheered for that moment right then and there. Yeah. And it's very strange, right, because we have the most information right now off of this character, and there's so much that you could possibly interpret, right? Um, because, first of all, he's saying, hello, Peter. Right. So if we if we are to assume that there's no other Peter Parkers in that scene at the moment that he's looking at, if he's strictly looking at Tom Holland, right. how would he know that that is, you know, yeah. the Peter Parker? Because his Peter Parker visually looks different. So... I'm trying to figure out when this multiverse starts to fracture and things start to cross over, are there existences crossing over or is it kind of more like Spider-Verse where somebody is just plopped in and everything's different, everyone has the the memories of the place that they're from and they're just like in a new, brand new world like they're on some sort of so, crazy vacation, right? Because it seems as though like... Because this character is canonically dead in the Raimi universe. Right. They, they drown, so they, they should not look aged. Like, theoretically, if this character was plucked from existence of living, they should be de-aged. And this is definitely an older-looking Melina, uh, which is not a bad thing. He still looks me- – he almost looks more menacing, right, with, like, the, the suit and the glasses that he has on. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think, like – you know what exactly is going on here obviously all is magic at play so literally anything could be the excuse or the reasoning for what's happening but we just don't know yet well i'm gonna i'm leaning heavily towards the um ripped out of existence and plopped into this universe uh mentality could be right could be wrong but like i can't you can't play both sides so that's the one i'm gonna lean into just for everyone's sake that's where my mind is so i don't think he's talking to peter parker tom holland I think he's talking to another Peter Parker. Uh, you, you, so you think there's another Spider-Man possibly I, on that I, bridge? Which, I do. Yeah, which, if it's on the bridge, feel, yes. Yeah, it, it, and then that goes into like the trailer progressions, right? Do we think the second trailer is going to show us another villain, and then maybe the final trailer will well, finally get a look at like another Peter Parker, I, right? To I, really get the hype going to sell the tickets. Well, I think we should. Go ahead and talk about the second very yes. obvious villain, which is the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. because we get his laugh and his pumpkin ball. Yes, um, the visual cue. There, there's no there's no arguing of what that may or may not be. That is yes. straight up Willem Dafoe's laugh. That is his pumpkin bomb. Yes. And I did uh, some Googling because I wanted some references on his pumpkin bomb. They, like, sold that. It, there's, like, a collector's, like, physical object. You can really? own that pumpkin bomb. I think it's... 
I don't know if it was Spider-Man three merch, but like I it I it saw I saw the box on Google Images. Yeah. So like it, I want to own that now. That looks like a fun like uh, prop to own. Yeah, it's it, and it's one to one, right? Like it, it's not a variation. That is the exact one he used in in those earlier movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you know that that gives me confirmation that at least Tobey Maguire is going to be in here at some point. Like yeah. if if nothing else, these two things show. Yes, Tobey Maguire's universe, his villains, both dead villains at different mm. times, are in this movie at some point. Yeah, and and, and I would I would say maybe our our next villain, arguably not quite as obvious, would probably be the Lightning, right? Yes, Electro, which we've have seen rumors. I think there's even been like possibly some leaked pictures Photos. of Jamie Foxx. Yep. So I think Electro is not a stretch to say there. Yes. So my assumption is, and even even Jamie Foxx, I think he had, what, some tweets up that are Instagram pictures like up that were taken down, you know, a year ago. Oh, yeah. I think I recall Two something years. like that. Yeah. So I don't think we're getting the blue Jamie Foxx. I think we're getting another universal Jamie Foxx who happens to get electrical powers in a different way, and he will look more like uh, the classic Electro, like maybe a green jacket with yellow highlights, and he'll use yellow lightning instead of blue lightning. Well, yeah, because the lightning we see in this trailer is very yellow. It's like unabashedly yellow, right? Because lightning, I think more realistically is white, or I would say maybe more of a blue interpretation when it gets set to film. This is very much color graded in a yellow direction purposefully. Yeah, yeah. I I, I 100%, I think, you know, as we we kind of lean... Into you know the 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 second the amazing Spider-Man universe, Jamie Foxx is a strong candidate. Now, yeah. along with those lightning shots, I think we get <laughs> yes. a candidate for a fourth villain. Yes, uh, this this one that's much less rough. Like we said, we're going in reverse order, yeah. and I, I'm assuming you're going with Sandman. Sandman, yes, because there is um, Electro controls lightning, not weather. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you look at this, it's either he's hitting huge debris of dirt and sand Mm -hmm. uh, in both of them in both instances so i would believe they possibly maybe maybe the villains are teaming up to take down different spider-man throughout this world yeah Uh, maybe uh, so and this this one's like even like there is a screenshot right where he hits a big hit of dirt and this big column of sand comes up but for like a brief second for one frame (laughs) you could almost cut it almost kind of looks like rounded shoulder blades right now it's very amorphous we could be looking into this you know some people think that they're seeing mephisto in this which is like what are you doing people so people obviously can look into this more than than they need to but yeah it is getting salmon vibes now if it was just that one scene but we do see that other lightning bolt and there is a lot of kind of like a tornado car or something so it's just like yeah i think we're leaning sandman and and the the last one i think is what i mentioned at the top of the 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 show this silhouetted figure which i tried to raise the brightness i did a screenshot changing the gamma i just see more large blocks of pixels that did not help i don't know what this thing is so so this is the lizard this is the amazing spider-man's lizard i this was the first thing i went to uh, when the trailer dropped there, Peter Parker is standing there in a suit and tie, and then something looks like it takes a swipe at an energy barrier behind him, right? Um, yeah, so, there's like kind of like a brief kind of like mystical ring kind of there. Yeah, so I 100% think that at some point in this movie, possibly with the help of Doctor Strange, some of these villains are getting placed in maybe magical barrier prisons. 
and then he takes Peter there to show him, or, or they've they're talking about you know how some some of them are out there. I don't know, but I hundred percent believe this is a lizard version. Now the actor name Riss Ifans, that's what I was trying to think of in the Kingsman. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's him. I think it's going to be a CGI character. Um, I've seen a lot of really stupid theories say it's Venom, and Venom's not in this movie. Don't go, don't get your hopes up. And if it was, that wouldn't be what Venom does. He wouldn't swipe at something kind of like a lizard, like a, a feral animal would. So I believe this is the lizard, uh, and and he's being protected by uh, Peter's being protected by some sort of magical barrier, and that's what he kind of swipes at uh, in this shot. What do you think after your your breakdown? And yeah, I mean, it is it's a it's a muscular silhouette, and that's about all we can see. It's it's humanoid in shape. Uh, you know, I feel like if they even if it was intended to be Venom, they probably wouldn't show us tendrils off the bat. I don't, I, like I said, I don't think it's Venom either. The lizard makes much more sense with what we've seen so far. But if, if you count the numbers, Chris, that's five yes. out of the six. So who's going to be our magical six? Is it going to be uh, Mysterio? Is it going to be the Vulture? Technically, I guess it could be Scorpion, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, those would all come from, like, Tom Holland's universe. I have a theory. Okay. I believe there's there's this book from Ultimate Comics called Ultimate Six, which is the their ultimate version of the Sinister Six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have five villains, and Spider-Man is the sixth villain on this team. And I only say this because they kind of blackmail him into joining the team. Now, what if in this world, I believe we may be getting some of the... I think uh, um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man possibly might have a Darth Vader syndrome. What if he wants to bring his love life, Gwen Stacy, back from the dead? And he finds out there's other universes where he can get her and be with her instead of the one he was in where she died. So what if, now this may change throughout the movie, he may start off as a villain looking at a way to get get Gwen Stacy back and be with Gwen Stacy for life uh and then you know he may see the error of his ways throughout and then turn over and it'd be three versus five rather than two versus six um but i i i could be way wrong i will gladly not say this is correct but what if peter parker andrew garfield that spider-man was the sixth version enemy of the sinister six so I, I don't necessarily think, you know, some of the story ideas that you have there are not exciting. But the only thing, the the main vibe I'm getting from this, right, is this is all accidental mm-hmm. is what I'm seeing. Like a spell gone wrong or, you know, Loki could also possibly be involved with, you know, the branching of these multiverses. Right. And everything just is like cataclysmic. Right. It's just one big universal accident and everything just crashes into each other. So for me, I'm finding it hard narrative narrative narratively that any one of these characters from another universe just auto- automatically lands in our kind of MCU and starts making plans, right? I feel like you almost got to be there at least for a couple weeks or a couple months or even longer to kind of start making these connections with these other villains and like making a plan and everything because it just seems like all of these villains would just go the selfish route like right away to be like I'm I'm looking out for myself because I don't know what the hell's going on and I'm a right. bad guy so why do I care about anybody else around me I'm out to get the, mine the, so I'm I'm just yeah. trying to figure out like how does this all work which kind of leans me into this this idea that I was talking about earlier where like when these characters get pulled into this universe like maybe their minds not quite right 
Like, they don't really know where they are. They don't know that they've been tr transitioning into another universe. Maybe magic is play. So they just kind of well, fall back so on these, like, normal primal urges. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I love the idea of, like, Spider-Man being the six and being put up against his will. But in that comic book, like, aren't, don't they want him to, like, they want him to, like, ro like rob a bank or something like that? Well, or, like, it, get, it was, like, so I'm just trying to think, like, the stakes would just be so much higher in like a multiversal crash scenario well, I, right? I think if you look at the comic book yes it's to like take on the ultimate government but like in this situation i i think i don't think it's it's a it's a, a cause like a two two universes are meeting one because all these characters have essentially been killed um before right in their own in one universe goblin's dead then dr octopus is dead and then sandman's there right like how could all three of them be here together i don't think it's as easy as um, that universe and this universe are merging because they would technically be dead. And my my guess is they they probably you know they're they've all team they're all teaming up at some point. The the goblin bombs are with Doctor Octopus on the bridge. The uh, lightning and the sand are together. Uh, I I don't know about the lizard, but like you know, well, I, and it does make and it does make sense that we're seeing those two things together because yeah. Doc Ock and Willem Dafoe's Goblin would theoretically know of each other from their right. universes, and they could have possibly been transported at the same time, right? Like right next to each other. I think what the the common through thread is here is all of these characters all have grudges against Spider Mans, right. and so all of these Spider Men, if you will, are going to congregate. Thus, all of the villains would congregate towards the Spider Men. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be just more of a primal urge of, like, defeating my, my arch enemy, and it's not necessarily going to be motivated yeah. by anything else. Uh, like, it makes more sense in the Spider-Verse movies that the Kingpin was kind of controlling all of this, and he kind of wanted to bring his wife back, so he had all of these motivations, right? I just feel like the only motivation these villains are going to have is kill Peter Parker because, like, he's made my life miserable. Well, well that, I mean, they're all... I, I, again, I'm going to lean the other way. I think they all know they're dead or about to have died whenever they're pulled into this. So they want to make this their new home where they can live, and they have to do it without Peter Parker. Yeah. So I agree I, with you. I, I do like that idea. I love that idea of uh, they're extra pissed off because yeah. they're dead and they know it, and they're coming back from almost like an afterlife situation. That would be crazy. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that works in like a, a multiverse or whatever, but sure. that, would, that that would be really cool. They've got to set some rules in this movie early on, I think, is, is kind of where we're at. Like where do these people mm. come from and what is their motivations? Uh, yeah. And then I think we'll go from there. I don't think Vulture, even though he's the villain of the first movie, I don't think he is the, uh, I, I don't think he's got the gumption to kind of go after Peter Parker in this world, right? Like he, he even kept him safe from the Scorpion guy in the, in prison. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe like you said, maybe they are even, he's like a, an honorable criminal. He could be in it for a little bit. I, I honestly don't know. So, well, I think we're going to, we're going to find out and, and see, but I'm very, I'm very interested in this. I think. Yeah. What's the what's the over? Okay. So I think another big thing that that, yeah. that I've seen on the internet is some people are a little uh, perturbed on the callousness of Doctor Strange. Right. So Doctor Doctor. That's what yeah. I've been. That's what I've been. So let's seeing. go. Let's go back to the causation of this events. That Doctor yes. Strange. Wong says, "Don't do this spell," and then Doctor Strange is like, "Okay, wink, wink. I won't." Mm -hmm. Um. I I don't know. I I I. It doesn't. I don't think he's out of the character per se. You know, at all. I think he's an arrogant person. That you know, when we met him in Doctor Strange, and the only other time we've seen him was in Endgame, in Infinity mm -hmm. War for a little, like in, Infinity War and Endgame. He's still an arrogant person, right? Like, I feel like that's not gonna go away. Like he's like, yeah, I can do pretty good stuff. What do you What do well, you think? 
Well, also, like, on the cosmic, magical scale of things, I feel like making the the world forget who the identity of Peter Parker is, I feel like it's a relatively easy spell, I yeah. guess, from all of what we've seen, right, for a wizard to do. Like, you're really just only affecting, like, a memory. You're not really touching, yeah. you know, anything else. So it could be a relatively sim- simple spell, especially yeah. for the Sorcerer Supreme, yeah. uh, Doctor Strange, right? And also, you know, they did save the universe together, so there's a kinship there I- a- as well. And, you know, we have seen Doctor Strange be cocky in the past, but also, like, people might want to be okay with the idea that at any point in time maybe these characters could drastically change at any given time Mm -hmm. and hopefully it only trends in a good direction because the exact same thing happened with thor but nobody's really complaining about it because it went in a great direction we love goofy thor we don't want serious thor back you know every once in a while it's okay for him to be serious but he seems to be trending Doctor Strange for the most time. Like you said before, the only time, other time we've seen him outside of his own movie, he was dealing with the biggest problem in the universe. So right. maybe that's not the best way to, to yeah. gauge how he would deal with, with something uh, I, on a much smaller level. He's also uh, appears to be fighting Spider-Man at one point, possibly on a, a multi-dimensional like train of some kind. So mm. uh, what was the, what if the other th- process is he made everyone forget Spider-Man, including himself? Um, and that's maybe why he's fighting him later. He's like, oh, I don't know who you are. Um, is that something that, that you can see possibly happening? Yeah, maybe. I think the, um, because, because, I think the really, yeah. I think the really big question here, right, is did all of this happen because Peter stepped into that kind of salt circle, that summoning yeah. circle, and then he messed it up? Or was the background, like, kind of cosmic multiversal collapsing from Loki what affected the universe? Because my my kind of theory is here is that normally this spell is very easy, right? You know, very easy to do in a normal flat line universe that uh, Jonathan Major slash Kang has created, right? This This spell goes off without a hitch all of the time, right? But maybe Wong earlier the reason he says don't do this spell is like oh we've been feeling we've been getting some weird vibes lately just out of nowhere things seem weird maybe we should be careful on some of the magic that we do the 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 universe just kind of feels off my sorcerer vibes are tingling Uh things feel weird i'm wong well i'm telling you dr strange to chill and he's just like no 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 i do this type of spells all the time we have not gotten any uh memos down the line no urgent emails that tell us that the multiverse is breaking so he does the spell and lo and behold Oh, I didn't know the universe is fractured. Uh, now yeah. things are starting to seep in. That—that's kind of my theory, at least. I—I I don't. I don't think Loki will tie into this one based on what I've seen. Well, I, and that's, well, I don't uh, like. Let me clarify. I don't think we're going to see his face, or we're yeah. even going to hear uh, his name, or even like Jonathan Major's face pop up. I think yeah. they're just going to be like something weird is happening that's unexplained. Right. Well, it, it, possibly. Possibly not. Uh, I, w- I want to know where the title No Way Home fits into this, right? Mm-hmm. Is is this even the main Marvel Universe by the time, you know, Peter is, the spell goes off? like, uh-huh. Or does he get put somewhere else kind of thing? I, I'm just curious because, you know, again, the title's No Way Home. Maybe maybe Peter's universe hopping instead and we're looking at it backwards. I don't, I don't know. Like, there's a oh. Yeah, that could be because there is there is a pretty uh, interesting montage at the beginning where Doctor Strange is like there's like a bunch of trains that are yeah. in a kaleidoscope pattern and Peter's on top of the train. Like, where does that fit into the film? We're not really talking about yeah. na- that narratively. So 
Oh, yeah, you could be totally right. Yeah. Maybe they're jumping b- between uh, different universes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions here. With that. I, I, again, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I know all the answers, but like, my question is, why is Strange still wearing the Eye of Agamotto if the time stone's destroyed? That yeah, that's true. The time stone's not in there. Maybe he just has to oh. put up the impression that he's still collecting. Or maybe honestly, it could just be a Marvel one-off quip, right? Like I just like the way it looks. Yeah. <laughs> it could be something as simple as that. Yeah, it's, not, it's just curious about that because that that's interesting. I mean, again, frame by frame by frame, every detail. So, Even Peter yeah. gets knocked out of his body at one point. So um, I feel like last possible character that we need to broach here yeah. is: Do you think that's Charlie Cox? slapping down the files and no. he's going to be Peter's lawyer. <laughs> if he is, that's not him slapping down the files. There's an establishing shot earlier where two people are walking in the office. One person's wearing a white shirt and a black tie. He's the one who slams down the files. It's the same. It's the same shirt, same body. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. But also I would wager to say if you were a lawyer, you know, whether you're a superhero or not, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a universe What's your main priority to go back to work or try to figure out how to get home? Right. I don't think you're just automatically just going to like start, you know, you know, defending people that you literally have no idea who they are. You have no relationship with mm-hmm. and you're from another universe. It's just weird. Like, right. Well, like, why would Charlie Cox just start studying law again? Like, wouldn't he just like slap on it, the Daredevil outfit and just go beat people up? That makes more sense. Not well, for him to be a lawyer. <laughs> I, I think it would if he knows he's been transported to another universe. He's just Daredevil. He's a ground level guy. Right. Like he can. Yeah, he's gonna, but he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna go back to practicing law he, like in that moment unless he knows he's like literally stuck there well, forever. He right? it be just a, it seems out of character, right? But I don't know who else he's gonna talk to. I think I think Netflix kind of shot themselves in the foot, right? There's no higher power than ninjas in in that mm-hmm. universe, right? Like or maybe what a dragon under under New York. Maybe he's gonna find a way to get that dragon out of New York, Mike. I don't know. I really <laughs> doubt it because the Netflix shows aren't as they're not as deep as these uh, the movies mm-hmm. are. They really have that. So if he's there and he's just blending in because he's like I gotta blend in until I find a solution. Totally understand that. Like he, he he's got to find an apartment. He's got to live somewhere. He's got to. He's going to yeah. eat, but like if he knows law, he could just kind of filter into that yeah. pretty but easily. But also, at the end of the day, all of these decisions and motivations make total sense if you're there for a yeah. while. But I'm starting to get the idea that all of this adventure happens at most over a week, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the Spider-Man movie's got like... I don't think we're going to get that those big, the Russo Brothers style text over the, right. the screen that says like, eight months later, you know? Yeah. Uh, but who, who knows? Well, I, but yeah. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think that's Mephisto. I don't think that's oh, Charlie no. Cox. Yeah, it's not, yeah I, I agree with those. I think those kind of out the window if charlie cox is in here wouldn't be surprised but like i i i kind of disagree i think there would it would be interesting to see a time jump if dr strange's spell actually works and we're being thought led to believe it doesn't work right like oh like okay yeah so like okay i see what you're saying so he go peter goes back to live his normal life you know he goes on dates people don't know who he is but then all of a sudden him and mary jane are like you know i guess in die i don't know what her name is anymore but they're walking back from like a date and he looks down a dark 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 alleyway and he's just like what is that what is that down there what is that mysterious figure so yeah that could be possible because if these villains come over and they're not like again if they're smart because they were smart villains right throughout the the Mm. movies and they were like okay well i'm here i gotta figure out why i'm here what's going on what what's the one name they all hate Peter Parker. Peter Park. So they're going to look, look at, at Peter look Parker. Look at us, Chris. Yeah. We're uh, we're breaking story here. We're screenwriters already. We're, we 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 uh, we broach the problems, and then now we come up with solutions. Yeah. 
if we if we want all these characters to meet up and work together, they need time. Bam, yeah. we just gave them time. It's, they should have just hired us to write this screenplay. But, we we, we would have we would have definitely we, uh, undercut the the budget because we would not have asked for that much money. Yeah, no, no, we probably would have included uh, more Doctor Strange, but you know, yeah, you know, we would have done it for free. Just let us walk around on, on the set in Atlanta. It gives us a lot of juice for the podcast. Well, let's see the other movies. I'd really like to see the other <laughs> movies they're making. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this trailer, I, again, it is the number one viewed trailer. I was going to pull up the numbers here. Uh, Spider-Man trailer views. It beat, uh, I believe, Infinity War and Endgame were the other three that were. Yeah. I think the number two trailer was the second Endgame trailer, I think. Uh, let me see. Be- uh, I saw, I because, saw like a, a graph the other yeah, day about it. Yeah, because if I remember right, the first Endgame end trailer was a little bit of a, not a letdown, but it didn't reveal like anything. And then the second Endgame trailer, we finally got like, oh, this is what's happening in the movie moving forward. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, for, for me overall, I had to ask friend of the show, Quentin Parker, how he felt when he watched the trailer. Because if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a host of this podcast, you knew all of this, these twists and turns were coming, right? We yeah. didn't know exactly how they were going to be revealed or in what way if we'd see it in the trailer. So when I see the pumpkin bomb and I see Doc Ock at the end of the trailer, I'm just like, this is cool. But I was not surprised yeah. at all. But friend of the show, Quentin Parker, he had no clue. He was shocked. He was like hooping and hollering. He had all of the hype behind it. So I am very envious of anybody who did not has not been keeping track of this. So uh, I will. I think I will. I won't be surprised when I see the the other Peters, but I will be happy to see them, and I'll be really yeah. curious to see how their costumes look. You know, if they're if they've updated it anyway. Are are the Peters going to obviously look older? I've seen right. some people photoshopping like Tobey Maguire with a beard on top of. Oh yeah. Uh, on these, and I, I just don't know how a mask would work behind a beard. I don't think that's going to work very well. I think you have to be clean shaven if you're a Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if and I don't think they're going to go to the what the Peter B. Parker or whatever it was from from into the Spider Verse yeah. either. Where oh, he's like yeah. he's like old, out of shape. I don't think they'll do that either. Um, but I'm very excited to see the second trailer. We are only. How many how many short months? Four short months away, Mike, from this. Uh, mm-hmm. Less than four months. So you know we were looking at that 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 chart last week of trailer to release um, time, and and uh, I, I expect another one possibly what with the Eternals. So this one will hit with Shang Chi. The next one will hit with the Eternals, and then we'll be good to go. You think? Well, yeah, that's the that's the big thing we talked about last week, right? We are very close to this movie coming out, so the trailers are going to be coming hot and fast. Right, because I think we're at least gonna get two more. Right, we'll get we'll get one more that elaborates a little bit more, probably reveals one more villain, and then there'll be get your tickets now trailer that'll show us everything. Right, it's gonna show almost all the villains. It's gonna show us the other Toby and Andrew Garfield pop up. People are like, holy shit! I get three Spider Mans for the price of one ticket. I'm gonna go buy all my tickets. <laughs> Screw whatever pandemic's going on. I'm just gonna pretend the, it's not there. The only reason yeah. I would, I, I hope they don't, is I want to be left with some surprises. I really well, want to be surprised, uh, you know, personally uh, from that. But like, you know, uh, as as we we say every time, Sony does not know how to cut a trailer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so we'll either be mad or disappointed yeah. in some way. It, but I, I, I do have to say just real quick, this is off topic. Uh, we were talking about Martin Freeman and Black Panther. I finally remembered the term I, uh, ambassador. Uh, ambassador. That's the word yeah. that I wanted. Everybody knows that word. Everybody knows what an ambassador is. But I had a total uh, uh, senior yeah. moment there. Ambassador. 
Okay, I can I can let that go. Right, Spider Man. So Spider-Man. well, Spider well, Spider Man. I and also say it's because the next movie, literally after Spider Man, is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I totally expect the end credit scene to tie into that, and also possibly a trailer uh, to be tied to this as well for that. Um, oh, that would be cool. So uh, and then Thor: Love and Thunder is right after. I mean, we are the first half of next year is just like loaded, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Into the Spider Verse Two is also charted for October of next year. So. I can see them doing a teaser pretty early uh, tied to this because mm-hmm. they're Sony, right? It's all Sony properties at this at this rate. So, um, yeah, great great trailer, full of fun stuff, a lot of stuff to dig into. Uh, and then, Mike, I sent you the someone's edited version of the lizard on. Uh, oh yeah, on boosting up the levels. They were trying to yeah. do their version of zoom and enhance on yeah. it. <laughs> so I saw that like the first day uh, it came out. I was like, oh, that's good. It's still it's still not obvious. I mean, it's very close. Okay, okay, okay. In this version, I do feel like I'm seeing a slight tail, possibly. Like I see a little bit of like a a flap that I haven't hadn't seen before. But yeah, I'm getting lizard vibes now. Right, like yeah, and like like he's kind of like shiny, like a lizard, a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, refracting the light as if he's been in a sewer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, check that out. Um, I think that's it for Spider-Man, Mike. I think now we get to dive into our third episode of What If. If no one has watched mm-hmm. this, please get away. You're going to spoil it. We'll talk about it here. <laughs> um, but this is a What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes. And I didn't know, uh, we talked last week, you thought it was which one? Uh, Spider-Man? I thought it was going to be Spider-Man and the cape. Yeah, and I was, I was like, I feel like it's not, because uh, I saw a bunch of Lokis. Then I realized it was Loki with an army that I'd seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to see Loki. Uh, first, a lot of great voice actors here. Um, I, I do want to say that this confirms the the comic book Fury's Big Week is correct in timelines. Because Fury's Big Week was one comic book series that said Thor 1, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2 all take place within one week. And this episode proves that that is actually correct in the MCU timeline. Yeah, it is really funny. What a a crazy monumental week for one character to have. And it's really not brought up in the broader MCU, right? There's never really a line where he says, like, I met all of you in one week and my life changed or something. So it is kind of funny. What a coincidence to not really lean into uh, screenplay-wise. But I didn't didn't realize it uh, either until I watched this. But, yeah, of course you knew about a a one-off comic book shoot that tied into the MCU. (laughs) I, I have most of the comic book adaptations of the MCU stuff. And this one has always been a big uh, t- uh, point because everyone wants a timeline to work, right? When they say Marvel, mm-hmm. everything's saved. If you say a date and a time, people now have this on a map somewhere. And mm-hmm. they're like, you better be right. Uh, and um, Fury's Big Week has always been a big point of contention because uh, of physically, these movies did not come out the same time. <laughs> they actually, uh, Iron Man, or Hulk was two years before Iron Man 2 and Thor was a year after that. But in the MCU, they are the same week uh, before everything comes together. Now, Captain America is not unthawed the same week either, uh, just to kind of throw that in there. And you see that at the end yeah. of this episode. Well, also, at, at the at the same – is he unthawed the same week? Or no, he, he is not. It was much yeah, later. I, I, yeah, I don't think they alluded that yeah. he was. Well, but, I, all, all, but also, as the turn of events that we see in this – Things go in a different direction, so yeah. who knows? In this universe, maybe the uh, if we're talking about emails, maybe Fury gets yeah. the email a little bit sooner than 
<laughs> that the shield is out there frozen in yeah. the snow because the, the way a butterfly flaps its wings. But this episode was just this is just fun. Yeah. I love this show because I don't have to worry so much about the continuity or the interconnectivity of where these things are going. I just get to sit down and watch this really fun, just literally what if scenario. And I, I actually really like the mystery. Mm-hmm. Once I got about halfway through the episode, I was like, who is doing this? Who is <laughs> killing these heroes? I'm actually really conf- I want to know who it is. Like, this is a big mystery, and like, oh, they're invisible, but we haven't seen any invisible characters. Who could this be? And then it ends up, it ends up being Michael Douglas, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who, who and I, this, became the Yellow Jacket? It, yeah, and this does kind of lean into the um, the the theory that like a small, capable Ant Man can just do wonders. Like we're yeah. not literally gonna see Ant Man go up Thanos's pants, uh-huh. but it's starting to lean towards the fact that. That's maybe not a illegitimate yeah. strategy, right? Because he kills the Hulk yeah. by blowing up his heart. Yeah. So theoretically, Ant Man could do the same to Thanos, I believe. Yeah, he, he killed uh, all of the Avengers, starting with uh, Iron Man uh, through mm-hmm. uh, an injection uh, where he was actually in the needle, I believe, right? Uh, and went mm-hmm. into the blood. And then he uh, punched Hawkeye's hand so the arrow shot Thor. Mm-hmm. Then he killed Hawkeye in the jail cell. And then blew up the uh, Hulk in that cool scene from The Incredible Hulk where they're at the, the Princeton University oh, or whatever. Yeah. That scene was so hilarious because I loved kind of seeing uh, Mark Ruffalo retconned into yeah. that universe. Like, this is the first time it had ever happened. And then, like, you should have, like, seen my eyes when the Hulk turned into a balloon. It was, like, kind of weirdly terrifying for yeah. me because this is kind of somewhat grounded in a real world even the art style even when it gets a little fantastical and cartoony cartoony it is roughly grounded in reality and to see the hulk get big i was like holy shit what is happening it was really impactful and like it was kind of funny but also since you know it's like quote unquote not real i was just like okay i can deal with this this is this isn't that big of a a loss (laughs) yeah um so they haven't revisited that movie i believe in a long time since then but I did want to say uh, two for two MCU movies this year have referenced The Incredible Hulk. We have uh, – these are all in the trailers. Ross is in Black Widow and The Abomination is in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're actually really di- – is this the new movie? Is this The Incredible Hulk, the linchpin of Phase 4 where Thor the Dark World was the, the linchpin of – Avengers Endgame. <laughs> this is just like a middle finger to Universal's distribution rights for yeah. the Incredible Hulk, right? It's just like, hey, we don't need your ability to dist- distribute this character. We'll, we'll put it literally everywhere else. We, we will can. draw it in a cartoon and put it out there. I, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, again, uh, there, there are two kind of sucky parts of this episode. I'll, I'll tell you right now that make it like not my favorite so far. Uh, and this doesn't mean they're this a horrible episode at all. I just want to get that way. But like one. The inciting what if incident is never actually shown; uh, it's just spoken about. Oh yeah, okay. That's what I was trying to wrap my head around. So, uh, for some reason, uh, Janet joins Shield in this universe. Uh, hope, and hope, yeah, hope. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. Hope joins Shield, but if I remember right, she from the Ant Man movies, like she's not associated with Shield at all, Correct. right? So it's just like, yeah, so I agree. That's the inciting incident. At some point in time, some butterfly flapped its wings, and then she decided to fill out, fill out a shield application. Yeah, I feel like we, sh- like we should have seen yeah. that. 
Yeah, but she, I guess it would have it would have destroyed like well, the uh, mystery. But they could have tacked it on at the end. Yeah, they, yeah. They could have. Whenever he was explaining why, they could have shown him why. Uh, they did mention that she was shot outside Odessa, which is actually where uh, the black uh, not, the Winter Soldier shot Black Widow. So maybe she was shot instead of uh, Black Widow on that mission. Anyway, that was from the Winter Soldier. Um, and then also the end is just like Loki gets to take over Earth uh, because he was there. And convince them to let him take over Earth through some sort of means. I don't know what, but like that that ending with Loki was kind of disappointing. At the end of the day, I'm like, oh, yeah. this. Is I guess I, I I guess I didn't make the connection that at the end of the Captain Carter episode that Hawkeye was there. So I kept thinking that this episode was going to end with like Fury uh, turning the Tesseract on and then getting Captain Carter. I, and I thought they were going to connect the first episode to the third episode. So it does really seem that each episode is its own little world and they're putting tags on the, each of them. So I don't know if this is like confirming huh. that season two will just be the second episodes of all of these. What ifs, yeah. or maybe it'll be kind of like, Oh, whatever one was like, whatever the audience responded to the most, we'll do sequels too, because I don't want to just see sequels for season two. I, I want to see new ideas. Yeah. So I, I, it just seems by a pure numbers game, unless they get around to some of them in like a third season, we're not going to see some of these continue just by, you know, exactly. the episode count. <laughs> yeah. I, and I agree. I agree with that. And some of them shouldn't be continued. Right, some of them just be kind of like, okay, well, have some fun with your mind or imagination, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I think this one just kind of like the ending was kind of lackluster. Like, uh, hopefully, it does get a sequel because I'd love to see what they do with Loki literally ruling Earth, even though Odin's still alive in this universe, kind of thing. Like, you know, why why is Loki here ruling Earth? He didn't need the, the Infinity Stones. There's no Thanos, so I don't know. Uh, what's going to happen? But um, I, I think that those are my two biggest complaints about this episode. Other than that, I did I did call. I was I was watching it with my wife, and I was calling out. And I was like, "That's not really Nick Fury. That that's Loki doing like some sort of imagery trick uh, to, mm-hmm. to get." To, she was like, "How do you know?" I'm like, "He made uh, Ant Man or Yellowjack say what he did out loud." He was like, "So you killed Thor?" He's like, "I did." And I don't. Remember. He's like, "Oh, see, he incriminated himself. So that's yeah, why also- he's doing this." Yeah, and then once he like smacked smacked yeah. a yellow jacket out of the air, I was just like, wait a minute, like Nick Fury can't do that, and he definitely can't do that backflip with that weird like scissor move. Yeah, like, this is this is Loki. But uh, again, another another great week of, of returning voice actors, right from the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, really just makes it feel that much more authentic when they're in there, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't believe that was Scarlett Johansson though. I that think that was Lake Bell. Lake- Lake Bell. Who yeah. also she did she did a pretty good job. She voices uh, Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn animated show as well. Oh, uh, so uh, that that's a fun fact. She's she's a voice actress. They also replaced uh, Betty Ross. Uh, that's a different voice actress. That's not actually Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. I think if you look back on it, but I think everybody else for the most part was their actual voice actor. Was uh, that the guy who plays General Ross? I don't remember the that actor's name. Uh, but he sounded. Hurt. He's, he sounded different. If it was William Hurt, we were running into the same scenario that we were running into last week, where these characters don't necessarily sound like themselves, even when the same actor is in front of the microphone. Um, but that character is not so consequential to this episode, where you know it would have to be that actor. Yeah, uh, to the, I'm. I don't have it pulled up. But I, I'd have to go look. No. But I mean, if not, yeah, I mean, that's like okay. that. The, he had like a minor role. He's like shoot him and that was it like kind of thing it wasn't like a huge yeah. like voice acting but like everybody else is really you know we got uh my wife was like it's like 
oh, I, I, she's like, I'm going to be so disappointed because they probably didn't get Tom Hiddleston for this. I was like, ooh, you're going to be excited. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, what's her name? Sif. Uh, um, Jamie Alexander. Alexander. That's her second, mm-hmm. her second thing this year with Marvel again. She was in Loki and then also in this. So. Good for her. Yeah. Getting back on the MCU bandwagon. She she put in her time by being on an episode of Shield, okay? Like I <laughs> I give her some some screen time if I Wasn't could. she technically in two episodes or was it just one? I just know the one. If there was a second oh, one okay. it might have been smaller, but I, I'm pretty sure it was just the one. Oh, okay. Uh then Betty Stephanie Panicello voices that I'm still looking this up, but anyway. Um but yeah, I I think this is a, a good another good example of like, you know, hey, this is what the MCU could have been like if uh Somebody who's here. So revisiting those movie moments was definitely a, a good time for me, Mike. I don't know about you. So. Yeah, I'm I'm having fun. Yeah, uh, and now I'm in the dark, and I don't know what any week's gonna be because these were the three initial review episodes for the uh, mm-hmm. screeners. So now uh, there's no like uh, there's no telling what's gonna happen next. So I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. the next uh, what six are. There's nine left or nine total. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for the show, Mike. This is a little, little bit of a long one here. Almost almost two hours. Um, damn you, Spider-Man, taking up all our time. <laughs> uh, but if people want to – let's go ahead and wrap this up. We'll keep it quick. If people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. People know about the – the regular episodes listen to our shang chi review next week where can they find that at oh all you got to do is visit superhero slate.com that is home base for the show and you can get our awesome show notes over there at superhero slate.com and you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and you can get merch at superhero slate.com slash store uh, we love hearing from you. Please reach out next week for what you think about Shang-Chi. Are you uh, digging Marvel's What If? Let us know what you think. Uh, what crazy rumors or theories do you have about the Spider-Man trailer? Because it seems like everybody's got their own little idea of what's going to happen. Uh, and if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here next week. Stay tuned and look at the feed, and you'll get that delicious Shang-Chi review soon. That Shang-Chi peaches and cream cake? No, gross. Uh, no, get that sour cream away from my uh, so, delectable that, desserts. Oh, mine was so good. <laughs> uh, but we will catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I only record podcasts when my stomach's full and my balls are empty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's dinner time.